Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. What the first deal they built, I bet. No, no, you know, I think they were, the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. 
Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at lionelracing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to lionelracing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Hey everybody, welcome to the NASCAR Wookie Podcast. <clears throat> Not only am I back, we're back on my channel, but sadly, we're on my channel for the last time this year. The last <clears throat> time the NASCAR Wookie Podcast will be on Danny B Talks for 2021. Uh, but we've got a lot of things to talk about. First of all, uh, I guess everyone could have said late in the chat. We're, we're late by a whole day, guys. What happened? We're late. We're late by like almost a minute. So, no. yeah. in, in, all, in all seriousness, last night was a great event. The Groovy Hollow 200 from the Groovy Hollow Hickory Speedway, whatever you want to refer to it as. Uh, Eric, you, you raised a lot of money for charity. You guys raised over $5,000 for charity last night. We did. Actually, I looked at it this morning. We got a couple last minute uh, big drops as well. So I think we actually hit $6,000 oh. donated to the Children's Miracle Network by the end wow. of the night. So no, it was a great it was a great event. It was definitely a lot of work, several months in the making. Podium guys came in clutch with some of the tricks of the broadcast. AE Engine, of course, handling uh, pretty much everything behind the scenes. It was it, it was one of the more like stressful broadcasts I've been a part of because I'm not used to that many, that many bells and whistles happening. I had so many screens open, so many things to keep track of, but the, the chat was live. The racing was action-packed. Josh Berry, the mysterious Halloween machine, got the win. And Darian, dude, you ran the top 10 all night long on a controller. I was very impressed. On a controller. I can't do my hands. My hands were hurting so much. But my most favorite part of the race was when Josh Berry sent it three wide on me in the 66 car. I was like, oh, God. Like, it just (laughs) came out of nowhere, man. So P12 in the race, but we ran inside the top 10 for most of it. So I'm proud of myself. You you will not be a crew chief uh, with your fuel mileage. (laughs) No. Dude, it just ran out of gas and all of a sudden with like 20 to go while i was inside the top 10 and my heart just sank but at least i came back to finish 12 so it's all good and in case you missed the broadcast last night darian was actually in the nascar wiki podcast number mm-hmm. one car that was Looked pretty good. cool. We were yeah. all on every single one of the cars. Uh, I had to get added on last second. There was something kind of funny there, but we don't need to get yeah. that up. But, but guess what? But guess what? No damage. I didn't get involved in any wrecks there. Nope, it was nope. it was smooth sound. It was cool. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed getting to be a part of it. And uh, hey, the groovy uh, the groovy hollow ghost car will actually hit the track in real life this weekend at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Anderson. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah so from but, the virtual world into the real world, it be fun. But from virtual racing, let's talk about the real racing that happened this weekend. Uh, 
Kyle Larson, number nine for this season. Can, can we stop him at all, guys? Uh, doesn't look like I can't. Uh, <laughs> not 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 when uh, nothing goes wrong. Basically, he's, I mean, he's, he's reached Harvick wins from last year, but he won them when they cut it because he's in the championship already. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, mean, I I'll, uh, I'll be real. Like looking like at the track when they, you know, he did not have a good uh, uh, short run car. He didn't have a good short run car at all. It seemed like compared to the ones up front, it seemed like Chase Elliott could get the the jump on him. It seemed like um, that that the Penske guys could get the jump on him when they were up there. Uh, William Byron was surprisingly fast the whole race. Like I think he was the only one who could have went toe to toe with Larson the whole time. Uh, just stuff didn't work out that way. But no, when it went to the long run, you know, and, and, and part of it, of course, is the arrow package, but. Larson flat out ran away from him. Like you can't, it, it's not a package deal. It, it's not, oh, a teammate deal. No, it's like just Larson was head and shoulders better than everybody out there past like the 10 lap mark of a run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then also, too, I mean, um, also for Kyle Larson to win on the 17 year anniversary of the tragic Hendrick plane crash. In the Ricky Hendricks scheme at Kansas, where Ricky Hendricks scored his only um, NASCAR Truck Series win in there in uh, July of 2001, that was also very special. So, and it, yeah, props to him for that. And it was really cool seeing everyone on Hendrick Motorsports, uh, all all the team members, everyone turned their hat backwards there in uh, mm-hmm. his lap five, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah they all it, did. It, and again, it, it it is nice to see basically that. Ricky Hendrick uh, paint scheme come back last year with uh, Byron, I think, but now it's been actually on the proper number five car, and to see it having so much success this year, and especially the win on that day of all days, just was really probably really special for people at Hendrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, I want to say something about the. Oh, wait, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go first. Go first. Here. Well, I was, I was. I'm gonna change subject. So if you're on this on this subject, mm-hmm. go for Fine. it. Man. Go, go for <laughs> it. Go ahead. Um, I will say though, like anyone who was at that race got the full Midwest experience. Uh, and I think this is what makes, I, I will circle it back to Larson here. It, it makes this one more impressive is the fact that like when the race started, it was like 78 degrees out and warm. Like we were, I, 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 if it was that way the whole time, I'd have a sunburn right now. Then there were huge ass raindrops. Biggest, I mean, literally they said on the radio is the biggest raindrops I've ever seen. And they weren't exaggerating for once. Uh, and then it cools off by like 20 degrees and gets super, super windy the whole time. Like the crew chiefs had to continuously adjust the cars the entire race. And again, it just shows like right now, this five team is just clicking on, on all set wonders right now. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, like just like, and, and also to clarify that stat we were um, talking about last week. So Larson has the, the most laps on intermediate tracks this season in all of cup series history. I guess that was the stat we were talking about. That and 36 races. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, I mean, you know, nine wins already with two races left and he's already locked into the championship four. So clearly the possibility to get in, you know, double and, and double digit wins is there. I mean, the last time we've seen that was, you know, Jimmy Johnson in 07 and then Jeff Gordon back in the late 1990s. I mean, it's that type of dominance, man. It's pretty cool to see. Now, I guess the real question is, 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 um, you know, can he sustain that level of dominance for, you know, the next three to five years? I mean, I, I don't know. That's going to be kind of hard because you got William Byron coming up. Chase Elliott's always going to be a be a, uh, a bona fide contender. And then you got Alex Bowman, who I think, he you know, he's a lot better than people give him credit for. So I think he'll improve as the years go on. So we'll see. 
Yeah, I, for me, it's not even looking that far ahead. It's can they sustain it these next two weeks at the 750 tracks, especially at Phoenix? Obviously, that's where his focus is going to the championship. But like Hendrick Motorsports, namely Kyle Larson, has been dominant since the get-go at the 550 horsepower tracks. Really, Chevrolet, since the end of last season, or the, right before the playoffs last season, they combined the ECR and Hendrick engines departments, all combined notes to develop one universal Chevy engine. It propelled Chase Elliott to the championship in those last 10 races last year, and it's propelled Kyle Larson and most of Hendrick Motorsports sports all season this year so but that's helped most of the 550 tracks the big tracks where you're wide open 90 percent of the time at the smaller the shorter more technical tracks the outside of the road courses where larson and elliott have also dominated but at the shorter tracks that's been where joe gibbs racing namely martin truex jr with four wins this year at those types of tracks has really reigned supreme so yeah i look into martinsville and obviously larson doesn't have to worry there but when we go to phoenix I know it's a one race championship. There's a lot of questions about that. You know, getting to the championship four is obviously a huge success. And that kind of tells the story of your season by itself, but he wants to win that championship and Phoenix, you know, that's, I'm sure he wishes it was Homestead, <laughs> but that oh, way, yeah. I'm sure he wishes oh, yeah. it was still going back to Miami this, this fall. Well, thank God it's not, it's not Talladega. It's, 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 it's kind of funny. Eric mentions that it's, I've, I've actually finally finished recording the rise and fall of Chip Ganassi racing will be coming out uh, the day of the championship race. But I realized something while I was getting towards the end of it. Larson was so good at Martin's. I'm sorry, at, at Homestead. Like I, I remember in 2017, he was just practically on the bumper of Bush and Truex, just watching them go at it. And I just, I just, just kept thinking he's just laying back out of respect for the contender, mm-hmm. basically. And I just realized if 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 Chip Ganassi could have done better to get him past that round of eight and into the championship four. He might would have been a serious contender years ago, but now he's with a team that can get him there. I just, oh, yeah. the the the, the storyline for years with Kyle Larson was, man, if he can just get to the final four, he'll dominate Homestead and he'll be a lock for the championship. The year he finally makes it, and Homestead is not even on this side of the schedule. Yeah, not even in the playoffs, <laughs> man. Yeah, but you do be like, like that. Man, you know he like, has to be there like damn it like what the hell do i gotta do too late i was too late but but let's start thinking since we're on the subject of uh, larson and championship how is he at phoenix overall how do we think he's gonna be when we get there i mean like we've seen it every year where like the championship four like they always step it up a notch like even if it's at a track where like they usually perform mediocre like like the team will step it up and bring their best stuff with them there so i mean larson i mean he's a generational talent so i'm sure he'll fare well there but yeah, in, in, in this case, though, we might be in a situation where we see two Gibbs cars, two, two Penske cars, maybe mm-hmm. two Hendrick cars. We don't it probably be, there's a good chance we'll see two of two teams basically competing for the championship. So then where do you prioritize who, who gets who's, who's going to bring the best stuff then? Well, I, I would just say talking about like how we do still, I mean, I don't think, you know, I, I think more than likely a JGR car is going to make it. I think it, it was it would be very odd that a set of occurrences this week if a JGR car didn't make it. And I think they're the favorites with these 750 tracks. So unless one of those teams, if Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, um, you know, if they, if they don't make it, you know, if Martin Truex Jr. doesn't make it, I, you know, then maybe he's the favorite. But right now, if one of them makes it, I don't. I don't see Larson as a favorite for the championship. Take that as what you will, but it's just the way that that he's been at these tracks compared to the way the Gibbs guys have been is like night and day different. It's just interesting. You saw last year Penske made it a priority to focus on the 750 tracks. Like Keselowski was really good at New Hampshire, Richmond earlier, and they ended up getting 
yeah, they got Logano and Keselowski in the championship race. Like it worked out. They got to Phoenix and then they still end up losing to Chase ultimately. So they almost got to that ultimate goal. But now I think Joe Gibbs Racing is kind of following that same strategy. Like I said, I think Hendrick clearly been the best at the intermediates all year long. And they've been good at the other tracks like Larson dominated yeah. Nashville. You know, they've been good at the other tracks too. Don't get me wrong, but they clearly are above the competition at the five fifties. Meanwhile, JGR especially is closer everywhere else. So I think JGR, you know, we'll see. Hopefully I think they're hoping they get two guys in the championship where you get Hamlin and Bush, maybe Hamlin and Truex alongside Elliot and Larson. And I think you're gonna have an extremely competitive race at Phoenix because you know, all year long, Larson's been the best. But at Phoenix, especially, I I would still probably go with my pre-playoffs prediction that Truex might get the championship at that rate. But really, we're getting away ahead of ourselves because Martinsville this weekend is going to start to tell mm-hmm. that story. Like a couple weeks ago at Vegas, the Hendrick cars were a little off. I mean, they were still really fast fuel strategies, but really put them behind the eight ball there. But you know, Joe Gibbs Racing looked really good at Las Vegas, so we're going to Martinsville this weekend. Maybe the Hendrick cars surprise us and they dominate. Still, if that happens, then oh, it's over. I don't think Joe Gibbs has a chance at Phoenix. Yeah. Well, well, where, where, when was the last uh, seven fifty race? Was it Bristol or was there another one? Because if it's Bristol, uh, it Bristol and Hendrick's looking golden. It was, it was Bristol, Bristol. Other, other than the Roval, which is a road yeah. course, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, based on that, too, I mean, man, you, Larson knew up front and won the race. You had Larson win it. Chase was looking to win it, so. Yeah. Joe Gibbs was, Joe Gibbs Racing was really, I mean, they weren't in the top three. I don't know where they were. They were they pretty mediocre. Top. They were pretty mediocre for their usual yeah. standards. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, right now, though, you know, we'll look at the playoff standings in a bit, but they got a little shuffled up because just for some reason, all hell decided to break loose. Uh, at Kansas this past Sunday. It, like, and it was crazy to watch. Card. It was crazy to watch, man. Hey, if that's one thing this playoffs gives us, it's those entertaining moments like these where, you know, one guy, where um, one moment you could be plus 29 to the good, and then all of a sudden you're just plus one. Like, so, Blaney is. <laughs> I see, I see there's, a, there's a chat about it in, uh, in the chat, but, like, can someone tell me what exactly did Kyle Bush say on the radio? Because again, I oh. was I was there. I didn't hear it, but I heard he, that he was like he screaming. Was, he was pretty pissed at Bubba for racing him really hard. Yeah, they didn't yeah, show anything on TV that seemed over the top. But yeah, he sounded angry. I don't know what about. He, he said, if, if, if you <laughs> see it in the radioactive, he's really mad at Bubba. He I said, I, yeah. "What did he say exactly?" Was he like, ah! He just like he just that. screamed. That's basically all he did. <laughs> This was, this was after this was after you know early in the race he he said his car was killed and then he drove back into the top ten with it of course as he's known to do and then he was pissed at Bubba so he had a he had a, a typical Kyle Busch kind of day as far as his emotions it's just funny too because I know he's angry at stuff it's just it's just funny to see like like a grown man just scream like that it's like oh, I don't know man I find it funny and then Jared how windy was it there because that's what got, it caused a lot of trouble there early. was a was there was a tornado warning not far from the speedway correct. Yes, nice. uh, there's actually a tornado oh warning God. county over. Uh, what was funny? Oh so it was funny oh when when there was supposed to be a lightning delay that only went for like 15 minutes, which is really <laughs> odd. Um, but they were like, "There is lightning in the area. Everyone, please go under the grandstands." And you just, I look around, and immediately the sun pops up. No, 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 no. Maybe 10 percent did. It was still kind of raining. I'm like, mm. you're telling a bunch of Midwesterners that there's a possibility of a storm going inside. Like, pff, yeah, right. They don't um, care. <laughs> but no, it like they had this giant American flag in one and two, and that thing was flat the entire race, just completely spread out. I mean, the, yeah. the wind was absolutely not to do there. Uh, it it was like at one point. I believe it was like 65 degrees and I felt like it was 40 degrees just because the wind was so freaking like just 
hard like basically it, it felt like you were getting hit in the face so you're like, saying by something. if someone had if someone had spun someone out they probably could have flipped it was that much wind probably uh depending on the way that they they spun them yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it was like th- that was the the windiest i have ever been been at a nascar race i think mrn at one point said there were 55 mile an hour gusts oh my uh, and, was, and I, that caused a lot of problems so it, yeah. it was so it was worse than kansas 2019 jared like way worse Kansas 2019 was nothing. Oh, like, goodness. Was that Dang. was nothing. <laughs> well, I know it affected uh, turn two is the trouble spot because early on it was Keselowski got into the wall that forced Truex to get into the wall that put them in a bad spot. Kyle Busch scraped the wall. Blaney, I didn't even see where or how he got the contact, but he had a flat tire. But what's shocking to me is that it was only the playoff drivers that were getting mm-hmm. hit by the wind. Did you see that way? I don't think anybody yeah. else had a major or notable yeah. issue. I've even Newman spun out that one time. Like there was no Redick might have. Reddick, yeah, Reddick. Reddick. Yeah, yeah, he had an incident. Yeah. yeah, but I just, I just think it's you know the pressure. You talk about the entertainment of the playoff format. One of the things I like about the playoff format is it does force these drivers to perform late in the season, and mm-hmm. I think you can see that the pressure is getting to them. Kyle Busch mad at Bubba Wallace for I don't know being in the for lane. racing I for like, racing. I, I guess again, he, they didn't show anything on TV that seemed <laughs> particularly egregious. So yeah, I just think the pressure when every point matters that much more late in these races, late in the season. Yeah, you see these guys make mistakes. It feels like this whole playoffs we've seen more and more drivers make mistakes than you seeing. Like it feels like every year in the playoffs, that first race is kind of a crapshoot. A lot of guys have issues for some, whether it was Las Vegas back in the day, this year at Darlington was kind of messy at times, you know, playoff drivers making mistakes. But as we get into the round of eight, especially these are supposed to be the eight best, like all eight of these drivers, I'd say have a, at least somewhat realistic shot at winning the title. Why are we seeing so many mistakes? Like, I think it's just, it's the pressure of the format. It's late season. You got to perform and they know it and, you know, leads to mistakes. I had posted on Twitter and I, I felt so bad for this guy. It's why I only made sure that like none of his face got in it. But this poor Truex fan in front of me, I just see him like look down at his phone for like maybe 10 seconds. And then we all look up and here's Truex puttering around on the apron going down on pit road. And I just see him just go. <sighs> Nah. Like it was just one of those like how do it would happen kind of things. But there was a lot of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would I, I would say maybe what six of of the eight guys probably had some sort of problem, whether it was I think Elliot and Larson might have been the only ones that didn't. Hamlin was pretty smooth during well, the day. Well, Elliot had a Elliot? problem right at the end. Yeah, oh, well, it, he hit the wall it, at the very it, end. It didn't but, affect his finish, but he had. Yeah, a he still finished second. Yeah, mm-hmm. he hit the wall at the very end, but yeah. I thought he had some pit issues at one point too. At one like, but I, I might be wrong. He might have. Um, he might have. Yeah, he, he was near the front all day. That's all. I, that's. But all basically, I basically, most of the playoff field, it was chaos pretty much on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it, for the most part, it, it was like Eric said. It was pretty much only them that it seemed like anyone had problems there was a few here or there but it was like i think at one point i put them like what the hell is happening just because it was it seemed like every time i'd look up or i'd look towards three and four there's another one on the apron or another one had a problem um so i'd, I'd say that uh kansas really can become the wild card of this last round more than martinsville even can because mm-hmm. you you've seen it in the past you've seen where it's like just whether it's people have tons of problems and make mistakes or giant ass wrecks, 
like one way or another, Kansas seems to like end at least one person's playoff chances or, yeah. or hamper them at least. And also we're coming off like of, you know, the, the, the previous race before Kansas, Texas, we thought was, you know, the wild card race and stuff like I, like there were so many playoff uh, uh, implications there and stuff. And then to have that two weeks in a row and then to finish off the round of eight with Martinsville, that's, that's pretty chaotic. It's going to be fun on Sunday. Yeah. Well, real quick, I do want to give a shout-out to some people who had some pretty good finishes. Uh, first one, he's not in the playoffs anymore, but Kurt Busch, the team's just about done, mm-hmm. so they're, they're still trying to get as many good finishes as possible. He gets fourth place. Good job to Kurt Busch. Chris Busher, uh, you know, things are about to change big time with Brad Kozlowski coming in. The or- whole organization might change up a little bit. He comes in 12th. And now, Gaunt Brothers Racing has barely raced at all this season, um, mainly just because uh, I think it's more – uh, lack of lack of funding, uh, also not having a chance to practice and qualify, not really trying to go that direction with them, not having any kind of guaranteed spots into the field. But Car- Parker Kligerman made his Cup Series return in a 96 car with, what was that company, Fast? Fast, Co. yeah. Fast.co. I yeah. believe that's what it's called. And uh, you had something you could like get a like a dollar hoodie or something like that, that, that mm-hmm. was a promotion on it. Uh, but he comes in 20th in Gaunt Brothers Racing number 96, which admittedly is not really a 20th place car this year. So good job on there. He, so. Yeah, that's impressive. He was legitimately racing on the lead lap in the top mm-hmm. 15 after the first stage. Like he was one of the, like, I think, and after even the second stage, he was pretty high up there. Like a lot of people were looking at the, uh, at the scoring pile on, and like I heard, I saw some people be like, who the F is in the 96? Who's <laughs> that 96? That's Parker like, Kling. When was the 96 last there? You know, like it, so it was, it was pretty surprising to see, like he was straight up passing mm-hmm. relatively good cars that should be ahead of him. So that was, that was impressive. That's great. Yeah. Good, good to see. Job. He was in the top 15 for a while there. I thought NBC definitely gave him, you know, additional screen time to give cars for them. Of course. But, they uh, hey, I, good value for that sponsor. I suppose mm-hmm. hey, if, you, if you got that, use it. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, we were talking about uh, going into Martinsville this weekend. It is going to be the last chance. Now, here is how the standings look as we go into Martinsville following Kansas. Uh, obviously, Kyle Larson, good two two race wins, so secure there. So, really, this means only uh, only one person has a chance to kind of win their way in, and two people are going to be at least two people are going to be secured on points. It has a good chance of being Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin. If they just keep their nose clean, running the top five, they don't even have to win. Uh, they come in Chase Elliott plus 34, Denny Hamlin plus 32. Essentially, uh, don't do what Harvick did last year and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Just don't suck. Don't run 20th. <laughs> but again, it's Martinsville though. So chaos don't can happen Harvick there. It. Don't, <laughs> Harvick yeah, don't, don't, don't go full Harvick. You know, don't poor Harvick's become a meme this year. Yeah. yeah. It's self-inflicted, but, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. but, but also on that note, Chase Elliott, watch out for Harvick. Yeah. Oh, watch out. Hey, hey, what if Harvick actually dumps? Like, that would be – and did you see we're going to be there. That would be a crazy reaction. <laughs> and did you see Harvick react? Harvick was on, like, uh, I think Race Hub or something either yesterday or today, and he was, like, saying, oh, yeah, like, 
was kind of weird. It was like the, he brought up like, you know, the wreck at the Rove one said that that was yeah. clip was going to be like the Chase Elliott fan clubs, like theme song for the next, like, you know, 30 years or something like that. But it was kind of an awkward bit, but he let you know, it go. But no, he, he laughed. <laughs> My point is he was kind of laughing about it. Oh, like, okay. I think he was, he's obviously a little embarrassed. Like it was embarrassing, but I think he's, he's me. It made me think he's perhaps moved past it a little. He's still not done like Chase Elliott for sure, but okay. I don't think he's going to do okay. anything. Okay. The fact that they keep bringing it up, and also, it's just too funny. I, I seen, I seen how, I seen what you were doing on Twitter today, Eric, talking about the, the whole Kansas stuff, how they were still promoting that, <laughs> and uh, what if this becomes a Kansas Logano situation where, please, where please. Harvick just takes out Elliott? They better please. suspend him for two races, minimum. <laughs> please, bro. If they Get don't, if he does it and they don't suspend him, I, I'll. I would be. I, I, I want to be pissed. I, I want to see that just for Eric's reaction now. Honestly, I want to see the Chase Elliott fans' reaction too on Twitter after that. See, I'll tell you what, man. Like being at the track, I did not realize just how much Chase Elliott fans hate Kyle Larson, and I heard so much wow. from these Elliott fans in the stands being like, "Hendrick just gives him the good stuff," and I'm like, "Oh, here we go again. Here we he, go." It's he like literally the got the good all- stuff last year. It's like the junior days all over again. They just give the good stuff to Gordon. And- and uh, Her Mer Johnson and stuff. It's the same argument. Yeah, it was just <laughs> I did not realize like how many middle fingers went up when <laughs> Kyle Larson took the lead. And he like took the lead from like I think Byron. Like it wasn't even he didn't even take the lead from Elliot. He took the lead from Byron and there's your like, fault. Oh, it's your fault. It's like sorry that he's better than your driver right now. Yeah, yeah sorry about meanwhile, that. Meanwhile Meanwhile, us Bowman fans are like, Yes, good job, Mr. Larson. Yeah, oh, yeah. So dude, point, dude, yeah. Where, 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 where is Alex Bowman? What's yeah, where is he at, bro? Where is he, he at? Get him on the phone. What is happening? He is is chilling, playing for dogs, eating on crespels. <laughs> he's like, he was in a, he was in a commercial. He was in a commercial during the World Series. Yeah, yeah. So that's some good exposure. Oh, but he's cool. suffering from crippling mediocrity. Bro, at this point in the season, he's like the forgotten stepchild of Hendrick. He's still good, though. He's well, still good, though. Watch, watch him be the one that blossoms with the next-gen car. He's going to win does. Phoenix. And He's going to go win Phoenix and just, you know, everyone's going to be like, well, where did he come from? Well, but Wait, didn't Hendrick get a penalty earlier this year for putting the wrong engine in the wrong car? They're actually <laughs> they're accidentally going to put Larson's engine in Bowman's car and he's going to go win Phoenix. Well, <laughs> we're going to be like, oh, crap. It, B- Bowman's going to be like, I win the championship, right? 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 <laughs> Don't we get it? Oh, man. Well, then you were talking about those first two up there, the the – yeah, sorry. Yeah, we, got sorry. we got sidetracked. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, Kyle Busch is fourth plus one. Blaney Ooh. is going full Blaney because he had a good lead and now it's mm-hmm. gone. Minus one and fifth. Martin Truex Jr. has recovered to minus three and he's going into a really good track for him. Brad Keselowski <laughs> is minus six. Hit or miss. And, well, Joey Logano, he's proved that he's, he can do what it takes to, to, win, to win the war. So he could do it again. And man, but dude, that when that Blaney thing happened, like, uh, look, I get it. You know, this has happened in other formats before where, you know, non-contenders affect, you know, the outcome of contenders. You know, you go back to Dell Sr. and Ricky Rudd back in 1989, you know, at North Wilkesboro, that definitely affected the championship and so on and so on. There's multiple cases, but man, whenever it happens in this playoff format, it, it just, it just really grinds my gears and stuff just because, you know, the drivers, they spend all season trying to build these gaps and throughout the playoffs, trying to build these points gaps and stuff. And to see them reset every three races, basically, and stuff, and then to lose it all within, you know, um, because Austin Dillon was racing hard and uh, looked like he uh, ended up just getting loose or some type of arrow loose or something like that. It's really tough. But I mean, at least it's entertaining, though. It's entertaining. So, I mean, minus one. So he has to, he has to show up on Sunday. 
at least in this format, you know, Blaney, if he'd be out of it at this point, he yeah, has, yeah. as it is, he's minus one going into a really good track for him, you know, but I'm with you there. He had, he'd run really well at Texas. He'd done his, done his job there. Obviously three wins in the, yeah, right. Three wins in the regular season mm-hmm. he built up a decent amount of playoff points. Um, so that was extremely unfortunate. Like I talked earlier about how so many playoff drivers seem to be, uh, had self-inflicted wounds hitting the wall themselves and stuff. Blaney was the lone exception. He literally just got bad luck. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't, I think, bad luck is over an overused phrase in racing sometimes, but if there was ever an example of bad luck, it was Blaney getting dumped by Austin Dillon. You could argue that, you know, they shouldn't have been in like 12th place. You know, they shouldn't have been in the danger zone, but still that was just unlucky for, for Blaney. Luckily he's good at Martinsville at least, but you mentioned it. Martin Truex Jr. Minus three. That's huge. He was like minus 20 or something before uh, the race at, at, um, I Kansas this weekend. What really they were bailed out by was Keselowski having uh, issues late as well. Kyle Busch also having uh, a 27th, 28th place finish. So yeah, that cut line, I think Elliot and Hamlin both make it. I know not to not to change the subject, but I think Elliot and Hamlin will both make it. I don't yeah. think either of them wins this weekend, but I think they make it on points. They're plus 32 and 34. It's all going to be about that fourth spot. And you've got Kyle Busch plus one, but I think statistically speaking, he might be the worst of all the other playoff drivers remaining at Martinsville. And so, true, meanwhile, Truex, though, he's the best. He is one of the best at Martinsville, mm-hmm. man. So look out for him. I'm not going to say Kyle Busch is necessarily that bad. I mean, only race I went to at Martinsville, Kyle Busch won. So in well, he hasn't. I was doing some research. He hasn't led a lap at Martinsville since 2018. Oh. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Keselowski has like a career average finish of like 11th. Truex obviously has dominated the last few years. Yeah, he may not be the worst. I don't know the stats at the top of my head, but he's he's certainly not the best. But he's the one plus one right now, so it's going to be interesting. To Keselowski's advantage, he did win here in 2020. So. Yeah, that is true. I, I'm I, if it's me, I got. I think I do have Elliot and Hamlin up there. I don't think either of them Harvick it. Um, but if I'm having to choose, because listen, unless Logano wins, uh, I'm not picking him to make up all that ground, especially with that many people that close. Like one of them will, uh, like, would do better hypothetically, at least. Uh, I said the word. Um, I'm not going to give up my race pick or anything with any of this. Uh, but I would say if I had to guess just because of how they've been in the past of those four at the bottom, I'm going to go Truex for, for sure. Has to be the favorite of those Blaney, Kyle Busch, Keselowski. So I would say Truex more than likely, but I could definitely see Blaney doing it. Blaney is solid at Martinsville. Like he's not, he's not dominant by any means. But the dude is solid, and he just needs something to go his way to get a win there. Blaney, I feel, is a guaranteed top 10. Barring the other, the unforeseen uh, this weekend, Blaney is a guaranteed top 10 in my opinion. He swept the stages in the spring at Martinsville, mm-hmm. which I think people forget. I don't remember where he finished, but he was he was up front for most of the race. Blaney, yeah, may, like Blaney may be a guaranteed top 10, but I feel like Truex is a guaranteed top 3. So I, I oh, like, yeah. I like mm-hmm. Truex's chances better. Yeah, I'm with you. I kind of agree with your rankings, though, Jared. I'd put Truex, Blaney, and then I think you said um, Keslowski, then Lagan, or what? what are, I don't I know what you like put. Kyle there. Bush, but I only put Kyle Bush because oh, he's yeah. ahead right now. No, I I agree. I think I put Kyle Bush as probably third. So I'm I'm looking at not to spoil the end of the show, but I think Blaney or Truex. It's going to come down to the two of them. Obviously, Kyle Bush because I Lagan. They'll be around, but if I had to pick, I think it's going to be Blaney or so, Truex. Yeah. So in the spring, I'm looking at it now, Truex only led 20 laps in route to his win. Uh, Hamlin led the most, 276, but Blaney finished 11th. He had 157 oh. laps led. Say he was up front. He was running yeah, up so front. So he led a lot of laps. Yeah. 
Uh, and then looking at the stages too, uh, you want to hear something really freaking weird? What? The stages, yeah, Blaney swept first in them, but Hamlin swept second, Truex swept third, and Elliott swept fourth. Ooh, and then boring race no <laughs> passing no, no and then here's something even more so larson yeah he was fifth in the first one but in stage two bowman was up front and bowman was also up front in stage one as was byron and keselowski so it's like you, you probably had the most um you know you you probably like can see from there at least the ones who probably should be viewed as favorites going into it at the very mm-hmm. least oh yeah martin tricks jr without a doubt the favorite. uh in my opinion the least favorite would probably be logano just because he's so far back but i mean again you know it's, winning your well, end system so it's it's ironic because i honestly 2018 going into that martinsville race i probably would have said the same one of the same things i probably would have said logano not necessarily a favorite uh true x well he hadn't won there yet so i don't know but now it's funny Looking back at those two, would Logano be willing to do it again? He would, yeah, especially to make the the final championship yeah. four, of course. Yeah, he's proven he he'll do it once, he'll do it again, and then ultimately that move did lead to his first and only Cup Series championship. He so calls far. that his championship car. Yeah. Like, so I I I would see Logano being somebody up there who would take them three wide, like on the last restart, and just say, "Screw it, whoever I piss off, I piss off." Because. Boy, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Good. Yeah, well, Oh, yeah. I feel like he wouldn't need he, he wouldn't need Ryan Newman to bump him in the corner to go through that. <laughs> he just straight up be like, "All right, I'm gonna take out. Hmm, who should I take out here? Let's take out Ryan Blaney Eeny. and Chase Elliott for the win. Eeny, meeny, miny, all of them. All of them. All all of them. Eeny, meeny, <laughs> miny, all. Oh, oh, I love oh, that. Oh, wouldn't this be the culmination of how they're relationship has been going brad you're gonna leave it anyways yeah yeah i won't surprise you he takes out brad and blaney and then penske's like okay you better win this you better win this championship seriously you better win the championship at least oh my goodness he takes out harvick and harvick gets out of the car and is still mad at chase elliott (laughs) It's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. And me and Jared, we're going to be there in person. And I've never been to Martinsville, too. Freeze our asses off. We're going to get fat off hot dogs. Well, yeah, we'll have some hot dogs. Darian, take 40 bucks and get hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Dude, I got it. I got you, bro. I'm getting them. I need the hot dogs. (laughs) Our arteries will be clogged. (laughs) It will be great. Now, speaking of uh, high cholesterol and other things that are high ratings, let's talk about that. <laughs> the weightings, the weightings, <laughs> the ratings. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that one, Darian. We got to retire that one. This okay, all right. That. <laughs> Fine. God. Fine. We'll retire it. <laughs> okay. High cholesterol ratings. Let's talk about that. 1.26 <laughs> rating for Kansas, 2.105 million viewers in the United States. The last mm. three Kansas races on NBC – do uh, not have a comparable uh, race for that because uh, this one was was this one, was this one, wait was this one NBCSN? Yeah, this was cable. Okay. Yes, so yes, we don't really have anything to compare this to. But well, we're not to it yet. We're gonna have a special guest come on in a little bit to talk about the F one race. But that is the most comparable thing, I'd say. Mm. It's definitely yeah. what all the eyeballs were on. I, I, still, what they proved is that NASCAR and Formula One are not. St- still super comparable in the United States at yeah. least, but, but they're, they're closing in. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about formula one a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what we can talk about right now, Darian. <laughs> yes. The <laughs> pole, the famous iceberg pole. Do we, we have, have a new pole record? 
No, we don't. Uh, we, okay. but we don't Stop have asking now. It's it's put me in a. Down I ask it every weekend, man. We every almost week. hit fifteen k. All right, we're good. Yeah, nice. good numbers though. That's pretty good. Nice. We're racing it up still. Um, so yeah, about four, about fifteen thousand of you voted. Thirteen uh, percent of you said that this was a great race. Fifty percent said that it was good. The UFO is talking to me for some reason. Twenty-eight oh. percent uh, of you said it was average. Six percent said below average, and four percent of you said that this was a bad race. So ten percent of you are net negative. Sixty-three percent net positive. I feel like we've been in the net negative like double digits a while mm, now. We have. Uh, maybe maybe our base is just getting uh, maybe our base is just getting more negative. No, uh, it's the Chase Elliott fans. Matt, that Larson's winning. That's what it is. We'll attribute it to that. Um, but looking at the comments here, uh, I'll just read, few, uh, read through a few of them. Uh, so the top one on my end says it's from GH Camp 24 says Parker Kligerman beat half the field in the Gaunt Brothers car. That's got to be embarrassing for those who finished behind him. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, you ain't lying there. And it's, yeah. and it's his first, uh, I believe that's his first cup race of the year. It is, yeah. He didn't first, run the Cup no, Series all year. Oh, yeah. No, Did first Cup race in years. I don't know when his last one was. Oh. Man, He's been competitive in trucks. Like His name always pops mm-hmm. up, and you're like, oh, there's Parker Clearman in ninth. What yeah. the heck? And like the <laughs> 75 Food Country truck. Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's a positive comment for us. Mr. NASCAR JG24 says, uh, that was a hell of a way to send this generation of car in this package out. Epic drama, epic battles all day, and it's incredibly fitting that the five in this scheme won today. Yes. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's look at what a Chase Elliott fan has to say. Irving Boy 11 has a Chase Elliott user profile. Uh, says, that sure doesn't look like 80% effort to me. He's so good at winning. <laughs> um and here well we must of course be balanced as all things should be andrew meyer with a negative comment says i can't believe nascar ran this package last year and brought it back again matt kenza 2020 um (laughs) i think he delivers (laughs) roses are red violets are blue kyle bush saying it's killed we're done everything's great it's effing it's f2 (laughs) <laughs> either, he's, either he's the king of sarcasm or he's just melodramatic probably both he's over dramatic yeah yeah he's being over dramatic uh let's see what we got here uh kale bopkin <laughs> says i was there in person and my dad and myself really enjoyed ourselves although it helps that our two favorite drivers finished first and second mm. so uh let's see what else we got here uh mm, Evernham number nine says still limited by the 550 package, but better than last week's race because Kansas is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get positive at the end. That's true. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Ryan Felix says, I saw you walk by on Saturday. Had <laughs> my two little boys with me or would have ran up and said, Hey, well, hi Ryan. I'm sorry hey. that I couldn't stop. That's what's up. I don't even remember like what I was doing after the race Saturday or before or whatever. I, was just I saw you tried to stream. Did you end up streaming or no? No. So the, the, the reception was great. And then the okay. race ended and it's like, they cut it off. Dang. Like it literally, like I couldn't even get up. I couldn't get my GPS up. Cause I saw it in my subscription box, like at midnight that same night. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I had, to, was I had to delete it on Monday. Like it was, it was bad. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's get one more before we go to whoever was the first comment, because that will not always be negative. Uh, let's see what we got here. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, well, this person's name is Daniel. I'm trying to see. Has Matt Benedetto 
as his profile pic says, eh, it was fine. So. It was all right. Oh, sorry you feel that way. I'll yeah. try and stream on uh, Saturday, by the way. Uh, or nice. not Saturday, Sunday. Um, all right, let's see. I'm going to scroll now all the way down the way and see down. what the first one was. Uh, what are your preliminary picks, positive or negative? Negative. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. And Eric oh. says negative two. Negative okay. two. If it's one I've already read, do you want me to just go to the next one? Yeah, let's go to the next one. All right, because the Danny Delivers Roses are Red one was the oldest comment. Oh, uh, the first. he's quick. He's quick, he's quick with he this. He is. I feel yeah. like he had that one like teed up and ready. Uh, he's got a, a Google Doc of of you know Denny Deliver style comments just mm-hmm. ready to go. Copy paste, copy paste, yeah. copy paste. <laughs> All right. So the user profile, Kyle Larson, is the one who put this positive or negative. Oh, it's gonna be oh, positive. Positive. Then. It has to be positive. Oh yeah. Oh, if it's negative, oh, right. I'll say negative. I'm gonna still say negative here. No, it's positive. All positive. Right. So Kyle Larson here says, "Great, because I won again and kept my momentum going." Okay. All, All right. right. Okay. All it took was a Kyle Larson fan in our. That is the most. That's that's one of the most co- positive last comments we've gotten. It, wow. but it, it, did he? He probably had like a million Chase Elliott fans coming after him to reply. Dum 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 dum. I already got rid of it, so I. I Everybody I, uh, disliked that. <laughs> <laughs> but thank thank you all for voting. Thank you all thank for you. commenting. Uh, we got two more left this year, so let's make them good. Let's make mm-hmm. them count. All right. Yep. Now. It's late for you in, out there in Virginia, isn't it, Darian? Dude, it's like almost nine o'clock. This is crazy. Hey, I hate and, this East Coast and, song. Yeah. And, and I and I gotta ask. I'm just surprised. I thought I always thought it would be me who had deer heads in their background. <laughs> hey, look at this. This is my freaking auntie's husband, bro. Look at this dude. This oh, is he, he, he's he's a. <laughs> Those are some nice deer. He's a man. Of yeah, he's a no, strapping gentleman. That's he's that's, a serious <laughs> hunter, man. He's a serious hunter. He said he's gonna that's, take me that's, some time. That's, that's, way, gonna be that's fun. way better than anything I've ever killed hunting. So yeah, no, he's killed a lot in his heyday. Yeah, he eats deer meat like every day. Okay. It's, it's good. It's good. The most Virginia thing I've ever heard. As you should. If you, I always said hunting wise, I will never kill an animal I didn't intend on eating. So yeah, but this East Coast time, man. Oh, I, I don't know. It's gonna take some time to get used to, bro. Well, you know what was killed was a few of those Xfinity cars on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a yikes. great segue. That was a yeah. perfect one. And, and, so, and, and practically the whole field was destroyed by Ty Gibbs. Yeah. So, Jared, you were there. So, give us like the full summary because Harrison Burton, Noah Gregson, and Sam Mayer, they were battling for like, what was it, 20 oh, laps? It was something like awesome. That, that was yeah. awesome because you could see like the momentum. Like, whoever chose the bottom would just scream it down in there. Mm-hmm. And if they were close enough, I mean, even, even my paper's trying to go down as low as some of them were going. And like, they would scream down into the corner. They'd pull a slide job. And then all of a sudden, like the other ones would pull a crossover move and they'd go three wide again into turns one and two. Someone would have momentum on the high side. They'd fall behind two of them, then scream past them. It was that way, lap after lap after lap. It was so damn good. And then, and then Sam Mayer weaponized his inexperience. And <laughs> what is he doing? I. I'll go ahead. Let me clarify. Sam Mayer is, um, he's proven to be super talented. He won at Bristol in one of his first truck series starts. Uh, in Xfinity, he has shown flashes of promise. I mean, I, it's been a very up and down. No, dude, yeah, I've he, seen it. He's ran good in some races. He had one though. good race. I think it was Richmond, I want to say, a few but weeks ago. But also the Roval. The Roval, too, he ran pretty good. Uh, there, he was fine. Yeah, no, 
there was a race where he drove like he wasn't in the eight. He was in a different car mm-hmm. um, that was Junior Motorsports prepared, and he ran. BJ uh, McLeod, yeah, he was driving. Yeah, he was in like the ninety nine. He was mm-hmm. up in the top five. I think it was Richmond. That one, okay, he did. I'm Sam Mayer is great. I think Sam Mayer is very talented, but he needs this off season now because he yeah. is not he is not focused. He has lost all mojo, all momentum he had winning back to back Arca East championships. Mm-hmm. He is not the same driver. He needs an off season back. I want to clarify something too because like this is a trend we're starting to see from him because we were. Actually, there for the first time, he bumped somebody out of the way at Bristol 2019. Remember, Danny Chase Cabry, you have his bumper in your uh, in your yes, house, actually. Yes, we, yes, <laughs> yeah, we, we have that bumper sitting right up on yeah. top of our big. They threw it over the fours. They threw it over the pit wall, and I just went over by the trash can and just grabbed it. Me, me, me and Claudia <laughs> stared at that thing yeah. forever, but we, we thought it was like someone was going to like attack us if we tried to pick it up. Then Darian yeah. actually picks it up. I just like go over there, but no, but seriously though, Sam Mayer in K&N, ARCA, uh, the truck series, Xfinity, like for as talented of a driver as he is, and I think he will progress to be in the future, he, like in terms of driver etiquette, he still has a long way to go in that category. Like it's one thing to race guys like, you know, Ty Gibbs hard because, you know, those guys are right around the same age or they're the same age, I believe, or if not, yeah. yeah, yeah, roughly around the same age. And, you know, he's in top equipment and then Gibbs is in top equipment, you know, so obviously, you know, very competitive, you're going to battle for, you know, harder against him, but to take out not just one, but two playoff drivers, one of them being your teammate too, Noah Gregson, that, I, look, I mean, I watched his post-race interview. He took full responsibility, but still, stuff like that is completely unacceptable. Noah Coleman in the chat saying, uh, are you saying we need to impeach the I mayor? love that. I was just about to say that. That's a good <laughs> yeah. I, I like Sam Like I said, yeah. he's, he's very talented. I just think he needs – he's in his head right now because I know at the beginning of this year when we found out, okay, Ty Gibbs is going to run like half the races, and we found out Sam Mayer was going to run the second half, I think we were all kind of excited. Like, sure, I think Gibbs we knew was in a slightly better car, but mm-hmm. I think we thought the two of them might duke it out. Might We might see them both in the top five pretty consistently, and it'll look like the old K&N days for a minute there, two bright young stars you know, battling it out. And unfortunately, we have not gotten that. Sam Mayer in 16 races has an average finish of 21st and he has six DNFs. That's unacceptable. That's just terrible. You know, he hasn't been nowhere to be found, unfortunately. Have they even like, I know at at the beginning of the season and even last season, it it seemed like it was all but official that Sam would have been full-time in the eight next year. Now we know it's going to be Josh Berry. Has it even been announced if he's full-time or not next year? He is. I think he they're is. moving numbers around. He might end up in the yeah. one because I think they said Dale Jr. is going to run the 88 when he races at Martinsville mm-hmm. next year. Yes, he yeah. is. So he is. I, I think Mayor, I don't know what number Mayor will be, but I think he will be back next year, which is why I just hope this offseason does wonders for him because I think he's he's I think he's a good I was about to say he's a good kid, but I guess I can say that he's like four years younger than me. He's a good kid. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a student of the game. Four, he doesn't seem four. He's like four years younger. How old is he? Isn't he yeah. like 18, 19? He was born yeah, in 2003. He's a kid. He's That's a kid. Uh, so, yeah, but so my point is he's, he seems very emotionally yeah. mature for his age, but he's clearly lost some focus. He's lost that edge because he's made some mistakes this year and the results have not been good. Well, no, my point is this has been a thing he's been doing for years, just kind of running some guys over and stuff. So, I mean, again, for as many, for as much success as he has had up to this point, he needs to spend the off season to really self-evaluate his driving style. You know what I mean? He needs to slow things down, kind of, you know, get it in perspective because like next year going full time. That's different. It's a whole different beast. Yeah, Yeah. It's a long game. Mm -hmm. So I, I have, I have confidence in him. If he's doing this stuff, like by the end of next year, like that's where I'm going to be like, hold up a second. Something's not right here. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't, I, I'm not too concerned. I just think it's a young driver who might just be a tad over 
his head, but I think he has the talent to overcome that pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, he certainly has the equipment too. Certainly well, has the you equipment. Know, you know, the talent and equipment is freaking Ty Gibbs. Jesus Christ. Oh my yeah. goodness. Four wins before the age of 20. Just when you Four st- wins. Just when people start to doubt him a little bit because he kind of gave us some concerns like the last few races he's been in. Then he's like, okay, I'll win again. He's just, I mean, like clearly that is the best Gibbs car in Xfinity, but I mean, you still have to drive it. And I mean, just he's way mature I, beyond I, his years on the racetrack. I think I heard you guys talking about this last week. Y'all was talking about how, you know, obviously now this is win number four for, is it four or five at this point? Four, four. Okay, four. Win number four for him this year. Uh, obviously, Kyle Busch got five wins. Uh, who else won? Christopher Bell won. Um, is that all the people that have won? Uh, I believe so. Oh, no, John Hunter a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. John, John, Hunter. John Hunter and uh, I think Denny, Hamlin, and Ty Dillon Trix. are the only people. Oh, yeah, Truex. Races. Truex. So, but they only did like one race. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those are the only three who haven't won in that car this year. Yeah, it's like it's like if a top ten run in that fifty four car this year is like a, an extremely bad run, man. just yeah. based on all the results. Yeah, basically, it's like <laughs> just it's crash it. Bad. And then like a top fifteen finish in that car, it's like you didn't even show up, you just DNQ. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> but I mean, hey, props to him, man. He's really showing a lot of promise, and uh, we just, we still don't know his plans for next year. However, though, right? Um, Not for sure. No. If, yeah. If I if I had to guess. He might be fond of that number 54 at this point. He might want to keep that, and then the 18 becomes their all-star car again. I don't know. It may be. Go yeah. with it. Go with yeah. it. We'll see. But, yeah, props to him. You know, I was, I was surprised, though, kind of looking a bit. You know, I, I want to shout a few people out here. Like, mm-hmm. Brian Sieg has been a disappointment this year. He, he but has. he finally came back this weekend. Finally came mm-hmm. back to life. And, Good for him. And uh, actually just announced that uh, – the CMR company, they're coming back on with them next year. Uh, they've got an alliance with, uh, I think, Roush Engines and uh, Stuart Haas Racing. So they're, they got some uh, good things for next year, too. Yeah, so hopefully that they, they can re-up and kind of get back where they were before uh, 2020. And then Brandon Brown got a top 15 recovering from that wreck at Texas. Quite, quite, mm-hmm. quite literally, let's go Brandon. Yeah. yeah, and then Bailey Curry up in 16, so he had a really good run. That's two good runs in a row for that Curry guy. He's he's someone we got to watch out for a little bit. That Curry guy. That Curry guy. Always. Steph Steph Curry guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no um, he's doing good. Yeah, props to him. Yeah, but I think I think the big thing to look at though is is the playoff cut line. Like it's it's not as close overall. But Danny, I, I gotta say, like that cutoff line still is relatively close heading into a pretty wild track for the Xfinity well, cars. Really, okay, it's close, but it's only going to be about three guys. Gregson is minus twenty four, which he might be able to. He's he, good at Martinsville. He leads yeah. lots he, of laps. He he's won at Martinsville trucks. He won at uh, uh, he won at a short track this year, didn't he? Was it Richmond? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was so, right. So he's won at a short track this year. Um, yeah, I don't see why he couldn't win here this weekend. But I personally, I I think I'm going to say for the standings here, it's going to stay the same. Cindric and Almendinger, they would have to go mega Harvick to lose eight, both of them a plus 47 gap. They're basically I mean, nearly a full race ahead. Let me just say this really quick. Daniel Hemrick, you can't catch any luck, man. He was up front, and, you know, once again – Awesome recovery, but his gap should be way higher than just plus seven. But I mean, hey, you know, it's just, hey, look at the draw, I guess. But dude, like, looking at the rest of this grid, too, I mean, Justin Haley's, you know, right there, minus seven. 
And then, I don't know, like, unless Harrison Burton or Brendan Jones win, like, they're pretty much out of it, and I don't see that happening. Um, Noah Gregson, though, I mean, even though he's minus 24, I mean, we have seen him shine at certain tracks that you're like, oh, I didn't really expect him to run that well there. But, I mean, Martinsville, he's proven, I mean, I think he's ran there, like, just a few times, and he's ran okay. But, I mean, I feel like for the playoffs, you know, junior motorsports are obviously going to send him, you know, some of their best equipment this weekend and stuff to give him a better chance. Like I said, Gregson just he leads laps and he does and, and he gets top fives. Like I could see I could still see him pointing his way in. I mean, if I had I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now. I think Cindric and Almendinger are locks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh I think Allgaier is probably pretty consistent to be up there. I don't trust Haley and I really don't trust Hemrick because the racing mm-hmm. gods hate him. Mm-hmm. I think I think Gregson will get that last spot. And it's uh, like no, it's not a knock on his talent either. It's just he just can't have any luck, man. Like even when he's running up front, and the case in point last week at Kansas, just something always happened. Whether it's during like, the long run on a restart, it doesn't matter. Eric in the chat says like Noah has a podium finish every Xfinity race that Martinsville has been in. Oh well, see there you go. He has a proven track record. See, yeah, he can come in and just win. Easy. So so did he finish? Did he finish second to Barry last time? Second or third? Let me uh, let me check. I believe. Yeah. I know he was, and I know he's up front. He was a major. He was, he was and he's been good. solid. He's been solid lately. I mean, he, it was a shame he got you know wrecked at Kansas because he put himself in a good spot after Texas. He was looking pretty good on points. So, you know, he's he DNF'd and he's still minus twenty four. Mm-hmm. He could have been easily down there where Harrison Burton is if he'd been worse. You know. Yeah. Uh, yes, he finished second uh, in that race, and then the previous race that they had at this track. He finished third. He led twenty three laps there. I think he, I think it was like ten or nineteen or somewhere in there. So Gregson is definitely one to watch this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. He'll put on a show. We know that. Oh yeah, he'll do what he has to do if necessary. Definitely. Well, on that note, that is a look at the standings for the Xfinity Series. Now, quick note about the ratings for the Xfinity Series. It received a point seven eight rating uh, and actually achieved. 1.306 million viewers, which I think was still higher than the F1 race at uh, Coda this weekend. That's it a was. good number for it was, I mean, it was a good number. It's weird when they're on NBC and Cup is on NBC. Yeah, I yeah. still can't get used to that. It's, Sometimes it's that just is what it is, but that's a good mm-hmm. good number for Xfinity. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy with that. I think more people need to be exposed to how good Xfinity has been as the UFO continues to talk. Shh. We don't hear <laughs> what, what is. What I is don't it hear it. It's just rattling. Just oh, oh, it's shaking yeah. a little bit. Sounds like Joey Logano's car at Texas. Oh, uh, goodness. Damn. <laughs> rattling. That's, that's rattling. We got a vibration here. <laughs> vibration on the UFO. Car to wall. <laughs> well, real quick here. Uh, we just mentioned about the uh, ratings comparisons for the Xfinity Series versus the F1 race. There was a big F1 race in the United States this weekend happening <laughs> over at Circuit of the Americas. And. As you can tell, we are all NASCAR YouTubers. We're not really the biggest experts in NASCAR, so we want to bring in someone from the F from the world of F1 YouTube. We're bringing in uh, uh, Miss Diana. She is from the YouTube channel Relapsed F1. You can f- subscribe to her on YouTube and also follow her on Twitter and Instagram, other social medias. Hey, Diana, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Of course, of course, come on. So you were at the race this weekend, right? I was in all of its glory and all of the heat with all of the people. 
That sounds familiar. We, yeah. we were three of us were at Coda uh, for the NASCAR race, and yeah. it was about the same. The way rain before. was slapping us so hard. Oh, it was crazy. It's either hot or it's muddy. It's never there's no in between around here. But yeah, <laughs> so they said there were over 140,000 people there on. So were you there all three days? First and foremost, like did you see the whole scale of it? Yes, I was there all three days. Um, I was a little late to FP1 because I didn't think there was going to be a whole lot of traffic getting there. Um, but I was surprised off the bat. I, it was probably should have been about a 20 minute drive or I took a shuttle, um, but it ended up being an hour and a half for the first practice just to get into the track. I mean, granted, it doesn't seem like they have the greatest infrastructure out there, but that was kind of the first signal that this weekend was going to be something else. So yeah, what was your favorite aspect to this weekend's race? Um, well, I've never seen the cars in person and I spent most of my weekend in the S's and it was just seeing the cars change the direction like that. Like you could see them lean, especially in qualifying and looking at it from the back. Um, you could see kind of the tire walls bending and and it was just really, really awesome to see that in person. Um, yeah, that's probably, that's that's great. Well, real quick, I want to, I want to kind of ask like when it comes to all the hype this past weekend like everything was f1 everything yes. like every every motorsports fan that i saw every publication was all f1 and it was like comparing f1 to nascar now we're obviously more nascar fans yeah. but i kind of want to ask from your perspective as more of an f1 fan like how do you how do you kind of view how nascar and f1 kind of can coexist or how it how to view each other like because it's it seems like it's like the first time we've had this kind of scenario in the state like this yeah i don't really think there is much of a battle at this point between nascar and f1 i think you have two completely different fan bases coming from two completely separate places here in the states you have people kind of growing up with it with nascar in their families you're close to all of these tracks it's a lot more accessible just location especially price um, after we see into the Miami ticket prices. Um, so I think there's a lot of just like homegrown U.S. fans, whereas Netflix has been a huge impact um, for F1 and it's much more international. And I feel like the Netflix series has more gotten new fans completely into motorsports. It's not coaching NASCAR fans or, or really any other motorsports fans. I think it's just getting new people in here. So we're not seeing a shift. We're seeing a growth. Um, at least from what I can tell, there might be a little bit of that in the lo- younger demographics because it was like NASCAR d- had a little bit lower in the 18 to 49. But I think just in general, that's that's an older fan base than F1 is. Um, but I think this is honestly just a great thing overall. I think there will be some kind of trickling between the different series um, as it tends to grow. So it's just a growth of the viewer base rather than people kind of leeching off of others. Real quick, yeah. real, real quick, if I can ask you this, because you said something about the pricing for Miami. I, I, haven't, I, haven't, even, I haven't even acquired on that. So how, can you I applied is bad. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, the ticket prices. So I did buy tickets. Um, maybe not my greatest financial decision. But so Coda this weekend, if they really did truly have 400,000 in attendance, that means there was 160,000 on race day. Miami's goal is to have 80,000 on race day. And that they want to cap it there. And you got if I'm going to say demand's the same for both, and you're cutting supply in half, so those prices are going to go up. So I don't think yes, it's incredibly excessive. The prices are outrageous, but I don't think it's out of step with what the coda prices are. Okay. No, I kind of want to like uh, turn back to like your fandom of yeah. of, of F1. <laughs> so where I, I want to ask because I. 
I admit I've, I've subscribed to your channel and, and I've, I follow you a bit, but I don't know exactly where you started too much with it. Yes. So is, is this just been like, you know, like for me, I've been a fan of NASCAR since I was seven years old. Is that how it is kind of with you? Or is it like you got into the last couple of years? Like how, how did you get into F1? Is yeah, what so I want to ask. It's been a relatively new thing. I think I was always familiar kind of with motorsports as a whole. We would watch any kind of race with me and my dad, like whenever it came on F1, NASCAR, whatever, but we never fully got into or committed to a series. But I, it was only a few years ago. It was the 2019 German Grand Prix. I caught a replay of it. That race is insane. If anybody's ever seen it, it was great. And I was just immediately hooked. Um, so I just spent like a, like a couple years learning everything I could. And then I started my channel because I wanted to go back and watch all of the old races um, so that not only I could learn about all the historic stuff and how we got to where we are today, but I can share that with everybody else. So that's how the channel started. So I was doing historic race reactions. Those have slowed down a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to get back to it. Uh, this year I started doing reacting to the races as they happen. And then I do a little recap and post that after the race. So I, I've gotten some good traction there. And so, yeah, that's just summary of my experience. Now her content's really awesome, guys. I saw like when she had less than a thousand subs. I was like, oh, <laughs> this channel is pretty cool. So yeah, no, it was awesome content. So, yeah. uh, so I, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Danny. I was just going to say, I know uh, some people like to watch, uh, my, my wife and I, we stream uh, uh, us watching older NASCAR races. So if you are watching my channel and you see this and you, you want something similar to F1, uh, Relapped F1 of Diana seems like a good option for you guys. Now, Eric, uh, back to what you were saying. Well, I, I want to go back because I agree with what you were saying about Formula One gaining so many fans in the United States that I don't think they're getting from IndyCar or NASCAR yeah. so much. I think they're just straight up getting you know, new fans that never really considered any sort of motorsport. But you also talked about, and we, we noticed it as well, that the in the on the TV ratings front, NASCAR still got more than F1. That's not super yeah. shocking. But in the 18 to 49, that younger mm -hmm. demo, F1 yeah. seemed to have a slight edge. And that's, I, I kind of want to ask, like, why Why do you think Formula One is making such, gaining such inroads, especially in America with younger audiences? Is it purely Netflix or what is it about the racing product itself what that sets it apart from other motorsports. Why do you think young fans seem to go to F1 before NASCAR? And I, and I don't know how much yeah. NASCAR you watch, but like from your, as an F1 fan's perspective, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I think, well, A, I, my foray into NASCAR is recent. I did go to the Roval, which was a great time. Um, so I'm trying to get more into it. Um, but that, that kind of stems from starting to get one and, and, and learning more from there. Yeah. But anyway, I think why younger fans are more into it. I think there, there's a lot of reasons. Well, I, a, it just kind of grew because we had a bit of a perfect storm here. We had Netflix coming out with Director So Ed. Then COVID happened. Everybody's at home. Everybody's watching Netflix. And that comes out of it. Then motorsports is one of the very first things that returned after the pandemic. So you had all these new fans just wanting to watch something. And then on top of that, I think even as other sports started to come back, motorsports in general seemed to be the less impacted. Like it didn't impact the product. I'm yeah. a huge college basketball fan. I did not it didn't look watch. The same. Yeah, the, I, I didn't enjoy the it. I didn't watch as much. Yeah, the cardboard it, cutouts in the stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was so cringe. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but you didn't get that with anything like F one S or anything like that. So I think it, it, you came back to what something that felt normal, um, which helped. But as for the product itself, I think a it's just super easy to get into. It's whoever crosses line first, that's who wins. Um, I think it's a little less complicated than NASCAR without the stages and the playoffs. That's an understatement. That's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Major and then I think it's also a lot clearer to understand with teams because you have two drivers on one team. They look the same. They're very recognizable mm -hmm. brands. I think kind of 
that's where, I mean, NASCAR and then IndyCar, like teammates. My one example, I went to Nashville for IndyCar and Will Power hit every single one of his teammates for the most part. <laughs> and so, but I think that would have had much more impact if they were all in the same liveries and, and all the fans that are kind of new know exactly, oh, he hit his teammate. Um, so I think something like that kind of adds to the clarity. And then you only have 20 drivers and those 20 drivers stay the same. And then I have a lot of reasons, sorry. Um, okay. I would say okay. <laughs> the graphics themselves, they're clear, they're easy to understand. Okay. I think everything that NBC has seems like it's stuck in 2008. Um, <laughs> and it's just needs a refresh. Mm-hmm. And then those are our good ones. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the good channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I think there's just, there's a lot of that. And then again, with the Netflix series, you're understanding the people and that's what really brings people in. Um, and then they've done so, 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 so much with their social media channels. Um, and those drivers are in your face all the time, every day. Like you're always connecting with them. I think they do a really great job with their team radios, kind of knowing which driver is talking and kind of about what and creating storylines for that. I think the connecting the FIA radio, talking to the teams, mm. you're just creating all these storylines as the race is happening. And it really just kind of brings you in and it feels more I don't know, sometimes less like a race, more like a bit more storytelling than I think. An event. Yes. Yeah. And also to add more to that too, like the reason I started getting in, into it more was because, you know, like um, the NASCAR games haven't been the best in recent years. And then I was looking yeah. for like a motorsports console game that yeah. I could really play in F1 2021, really that entire series for the past three to four years has been my go-to on the PS4 or was before I sold it. So that was a major reason too, as yeah, well. Yeah. Th- that actually brings me into exactly what I was just going to say, Darian. Uh, and, and Grant, I don't want to get into this right now, but it's been, yeah. NASCAR Twitter has been very fun to say <laughs> the least of the newest NASCAR has come out. So yeah. I want to ask you from like, uh, an F1 uh, YouTube channel perspective. Uh, how do you feel the F1 video games play into uh, probably expanding people's like like knowledge of sport? Because my 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 boss, who's actually over me of uh, the work that I do, he's a he's a big F1 fan. He told me that he bought the game mostly because it would give him a chance to get to know who some of the drivers are a little bit more. Yeah. I've only played the game a couple of times um, because I can't figure out how to redownload it onto this computer, but that's a, another story for another time. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. I think you have kind of these two separate factions, I think, in the kind of F1 YouTube space. There are huge, huge F1 kind of game YouTubers and then just ones that talk about F1 in general. Um, so it's a massive community and I, the gaming communities tends to be bigger than the, the kind of rest of us over here. So I think it's an absolute massive impact and you see all sorts of people playing the game that aren't necessarily involved in, in motorsports. I think it's probably one of the more accessible ones. Um, so yeah, it definitely helps. You said that this was your first time going to Circuit of the Americas, seeing any F1 race in person. Yes. I know you're going to Miami next year, but it'll be a smaller crowd. Would you go back to Coda next year or the year after? Absolutely. And I think after next year, I will definitely do Coda over Miami. I'll also do probably Canada over Miami. I just really like the idea of a first-time event and seeing what it's like. And I actually talked to a girl that's helping with the marketing down there. Um, And so they're really trying to make it a Super Bowl-level event, which they definitely have some practice with. Um, down in Miami. So I, I just want to be there, experience it. It's, I think it's definitely going to be more event than probably the race itself. That track maybe doesn't look the best, but you might get some crazy Florida weather. So it could be really something. And then hopefully the 22 cars uh, do, do a lot better following. So we'll see. 
For sure. One thing I wanted to ask you from an outsider perspective, because you just say you're more into F1 than NASCAR. Yeah. What do you think NASCAR can learn from Formula One in terms of like marketing and, and all that stuff to make it better? Yeah, I think it is more so the people connection. I will. So another big factor that I didn't mention earlier that's made F1 so big this past year is Lewis versus Max. It's yes. the rivalry. Mm-hmm. It was people waiting at 5 a.m. so that they could stand in turn one to see that happen. So I think it's more, again, the people and promoting those rivalries. And then I think like the Elliot Harvick stuff was hysterical and like all that should be like more and just kind of getting in front of people um, and kind of doing the storylines that way. Again, the better graphics package, it drives me up a wall because um, I think it gets a little bit confusing and then you have commercials cutting in, which is its, its own issue, separate issue, but um, not probably much you can do to get, away, get around that. So yeah, I just think there's more ways to make it more interactive. I also think I, I love F1 TV, but having like data screens and time like that and having more access to um, the data and telemetry that, the, that all the drivers have, I think that makes it, it adds a whole other level when you're watching this race. Um, so stuff like that, I, I maybe don't have the best ideas, but yeah. So you'd said that you, you went to the Roval. You've obviously yes. went to Coda this past week. And then yes. you said Nashville, correct, with the uh, the GP for IndyCar? Yep. I went to Nashville and I went to Gateway. And then I went to the Formula E, New York E-Prix. Okay, so That's my- how, how in person is it kind of different? Like, like, what's the same? What's different? Because like, I, I hear a lot of people talk about like what made Coda a big thing this past week was the fact that you know, it was it was a huge event, and a lot of people compared it to the way NASCAR was in the early 2000s, which yeah. you know, I got to at least experience a bit of that, and and I know that I feeling. It's an awesome one, uh, and and so I'm kind of like, what do you think? Because I'm I'm gonna assume that you you favor F1 over the other two. I, I that's not assuming too much, right? Yes and no. I will okay. actually say my favorite. I mean, I love Coda. It was great. I'm an F1 fan first, but I think my favorite thing that I went to this year was Nashville. Okay. So, but that so was what, also because the race was just bonkers. Okay, mm-hmm. so so I, um, <laughs> so I want to ask this because I'm I live in uh, Hendersonville, Tennessee, but basically right mm-hmm. outside of Nashville. I didn't get to go to Music City Grand Prix because yeah. I had a had a, a scheduling conflict that same weekend, and uh, you might be able to argue this for Eric to go to Coda for F1 <laughs> next time too. Tell us why we should go to these events in our own backyard. Yes, yeah, so I think. Well, A, Nashville was great just because it was like, it felt like that kind of party environment that Coda had, but like you could breathe and move around, <laughs> um, which was nice. That was my one thing about Coda. I will personally, I will not do a general admission ticket again because you have to get there at seven o'clock in the morning to get a halfway decent seat. And there was just so many people and it took about an hour to do anything. Um, go get food, go back. Like it was, just took, was this it for, was, was, was this for Music City Grand Prix? Oh no, this is Coda. Okay. Uh, but the Music City Grand Prix, it like felt busy and it had, it seemed, it was just like a fun, like crowd and energy, but it wasn't like, I'm going to just be like eaten up by all these people. <laughs> I also just don't like being crowded and a mass of people. So this last weekend was fun. Like I think the Coda, the racing product itself was great. Um, and there was all sorts of stuff to do. The food was great. There was, there was so many things um, to do and, and going out in Austin, there was just like great atmosphere, but um, getting anywhere and doing anything was a lot of effort um, and took a very long time. So that's just my, like, I enjoyed Nashville because it felt kind of similar in that environment, um, but wasn't quite the overwhelming amount of people that this was. Um, 
but yeah, I love those. But I also did really, really enjoy the Roval, but that is definitely, you just go there for the race and that's it. Like there was nothing else going on. Um, but I think that was a lot of fun to a be at a street course, which is obviously something that I prefer. Not that I have any issue with, with an oval, but, um, for me personally, that's just kind of what I'm more familiar with, but being able to sit there and see basically the entire track is really cool. Um, and so it was a little less confusing at times than some of these other races at, at kind of the bigger street courses and stuff. It's very easy to get lost um, very quickly. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of my experiences with, with all of them. So when it comes to like NASCAR races, like what, what would it take for you to be like, I want to go to this race? Is it just like, you know, the type of racing on the track added in with, with everything going on outside? Cause I know like a lot of people have said what you had said is like, you go to the, the race for NASCAR and it's just the race. Like when yeah. I went to Talladega, it was, you just walk into Talladega and you get to see yeah. redneck Mecca. Uh, <laughs> and, and so like, would it would it take more of of like having to build up around it to 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 go to more NASCAR racers to be more intrigued by it? Because I'm I'm curious for someone who's not necessarily a diehard NASCAR fan yeah. as much as we are, like what it would take. Because for us, it's like, you know, oh, it's there's easy. a race. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I would just go. Like, I'm not very picky about the whole situation. But like, if I'm looking at Talladega versus something like Daytona, I will go to Daytona 100. percent um, like, cause I'd rather be in personally a better location, but also at the same time, like, I don't know if it's going to be a great race, then I'll go anywhere. Um, but if it's going to be an average race in a random place, then it's like, I'm okay. If, if I can make, make a suggestion, hearing you said you went to the Roval, is it safe to say you're from North Carolina in that area? I am, okay. but I'm from Raleigh. I feel like everybody that's into it's from Charlotte. So, <laughs> okay. Well, since you're out in that area and it isn't that far away, you have yeah. to experience a night race at Bristol. You you say yeah. you say, <laughs> you say you feel like you went there and it's just the race. No, that they say it's 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 more just the race. It's Bristol, baby. That's because it's a it's yeah. a whole it's an atmosphere outside of the track, and then the race itself is just it's hard to it's hard to put words on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check it out. You mentioned you mentioned not being able to breathe. Uh, the breathe because people around you at, at, at a coda at Bristol, you can't breathe because the cars are on top of you. And it's kind of like, what is going on? <laughs> well, here? That's better. I, I would prefer that yeah. over the people. <laughs> yeah, cool. definitely. Definitely the night race. Like when we went in 2019, and I think that it's going to start, you know, with everything yeah. sort of getting normalized. So we get uh, back to this. When we went in 2019, just like there was that electric feel in the air. And it's what's really cool too, is it, it sort of is in the middle of nowhere, but there's so much stuff that they, they put around it. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't, I don't know if it's from each way, but mm-hmm. every way I've gone to Bristol is you're basically driving through the Tennessee mountains and all of a sudden they just open up and there's this giant Coliseum yeah. in the yeah. middle of the mountains. That's awesome. And then That's it, awesome. it is an awesome and then I don't, uh, backdrop. I, I don't know why it works out this way too, but uh, it, it's, it, 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 you you take I eighty one there. You get off the exit, and then you you just come through this little small town of Bluff City, and it's like you're you're right in the middle of sm- basically small town Tennessee, <laughs> your ideal small town, and then boom, like you just look over to your left one time, and you see it off in the distance. It, it it's always a view that gives me chills every time I'm driving through there. <laughs> Bluff awesome. City, that's a that's a good name for a small town <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask one. I wanted to ask. Um, I wanted to get this question out of the way before you head off tonight. Um, so the ratings came out. Um, obviously NASCAR. Um, they beat F1 ratings this weekend, and I have to admit, me personally, like, I mean, obviously being a a, a much bigger NASCAR fan, I was a little shocked just because, like, all of these media outlets would um, would have um, would have uh, made you think that 
Um, at the very least, F, um, the 2021 U.S. Grand Prix would have probably slightly been uh, slightly ahead of NASCAR in terms of the overall ratings. Just what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, were F1 fans, like, bummed out or were they, you know, pretty much just accepting, like, hey, you know, NASCAR is NASCAR. They're obviously going to be yeah. on TV. Yeah, I don't think the F1 fans really care, but I feel like they're... I don't know. Everybody, I feel like, wants to just say motorsports or motorsports because they're all just in a car. But I feel like NASCAR and sports cars is very different from open wheel racing. And that is a completely different sport entirely. Um, and I don't think, I think there's just kind of this generalization where, okay, they're driving. So, like, it's all kind of the same. Uh, but I just think they kind of live in separate lanes. And then we kind of get to talk about it. And it's like maybe they kind of overlap. But I don't think necessarily at the end of the day that they do. I gotcha. Well, hey, Deanna, you're definitely more of the expert on F1 and mm-hmm. than we are. And we we, thank, we want to thank you, first of all, for coming in and kind of uh, talking with us a little bit more from your Enlightening perspective. Enlightening us. There. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Deanna, where can people find you on YouTube and your social medias? Where can I follow you? Yeah, so I am on YouTube at Relapse and then on social media at Relapse underscore F1 on Twitter and Instagram. And then I'm also on a podcast, and that is Outlap F1 Podcast. Oh, sweet. All right, go check her out after the stream. Go subscribe to her channel. Let's boost her numbers up. Give her the, the old NWP boost a little bit. Uh, Deanna, thank you for joining us. And, uh, hey, we'll have to see you at a race sometime. Yeah, of course. Bristol, definitely. baby. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. Thank you, Thanks for having me. Thanks. And I think what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? The mailbag question. Yes, the mailbag question. The famous mailbag question. We got. We just got got? a letter. We just got a letter. Go ahead, Danny. This comes to us. uh, Wait, does he? Do we have a name? It doesn't doesn't say who it come from. (laughs) Where is it? Did Hold it on. I'll, I'll get that pulled up. Just we read just the question. We just got a letter. Don't know who it's from. Unknown <laughs> yeah. messenger. Just uh, read it. Just... Hey, guys. My question to you is this. With Kyle Larson seemingly a lock for the final four all playoffs long, do you think Hendricks been preparing the champ championship race car this whole time to match Chase's speed from the championship race last season? Thank you all for the podcast. I listen every week. I'm at Eric and Nashville. <laughs> And this is from hey. Austin, by the way. Austin. Austin. Hi, Austin. Hudson. Hi, Austin. Thanks for sending it. Hi, Marshall. Hmm. Let's see. I think I, I wouldn't be shocked considering what was it at Texas a couple weeks ago? They said that the car Kevin Harvick was driving, they'd been like saving all year long just for that race. So if they were doing that, if SHR was doing that just for Texas and Kevin Harvick, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Hendrick's been working on a Phoenix specific car for months mm-hmm. at this point. I, I, I don't know what car it could be. Like I remember with Keslowski last year, they made a big deal. He had like one car that I think won at two seven fifty races. And I think they brought that one to Phoenix and he ran second in the championship. I, I don't know if, if it's that kind of situation going down for Larson here, but I absolutely would not be surprised if, if this is a very special, I mean, he's going to be fast. I think championship four will probably sweep the top four, or at least I'll be in the top five when on the championship. Larson will probably be, in contention yeah they they should definitely have already they, that car should be sitting there ready to go on the trailer already i'd say I'll be, I'll be real with hendrick motorsports i mean i think you know at least by the halfway point they had to have thought and especially with how william byron did we're going to get at least two of our cars probably in this thing yeah uh, and that's still very possible so i wouldn't be surprised if they had more than one car ready 
Oh, oh no, no. Hendrick, a team like Hendrick Motorsports probably more than likely has more than one car ready for sure. Well, remember, there's practice and qualifying for that race, so they need a backup oh, just in case. Yes, yes, yes. Finally. It's Wait, so I forgot that uh, we do have it for the championship. Yes. Oh, um, thank goodness. That's going to be a major game. Larson's going to back too. it into the fence on Friday <laughs> afternoon, and it's going <laughs> to be a tumultuous weekend. Oh, we got Carl DeVall. It's Larson. Yeah, oh, but to answer that oh, mailbag question, Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's where Harvick's waiting. It's like, hey, hey, Elliot, you like your regular car? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, to answer that question, yeah, yeah. They definitely will probably have a car re- definitely ready specifically for this race for Kyle Larson. I mean, Kyle Larson, I don't necessarily know his – oh, no, Eric's gone. He'll, he'll be back. But no, no, I don't know his um, um, uh, Phoenix statistics um, um, at all. But I mean – I'd have to assume, like, you know, it's not up to the level of dominance um, as he would run at Homestead, you know. So, obviously, they're going to prepare something uh, to help him out better and stuff. So, so yeah, probably uh, for sure. You know, got something ready. Yeah, Eric's off doing his qualifying practice lap. He's yeah, ready, yeah, he's, doing he's it, ready. Yeah. He's, he's doing ready his the thing. way the rest of us are. Yeah, he's doing his uh, thing. I can't wait. Um, but, yeah, so, by the way, that is from Weekly Podcast Guest at gmail.com all lowercase uh and don't ask to be a guest we will promptly not even look at it we will uh, deny your request for entry denied I'm, I'm i'm glad my impression gets a few people because like, yeah, that's funny <laughs> well so uh thank you bear boy hey guys on that note the the uh, weekly mailbag question is brought to you by our friends over at Lotto Racing! And ah! it's very appropriate of what I've got this weekend. We've got Kyle... No, I can't get rid of my hands. Kyle Larson in the uh, HendrickCars.com car. And then I really like the Eric Jones Armor All car. These are part of Wave 7, now out at your local Walmarts, Targets, wherever you get your diecast from. Uh, Jarrett, that looks beautiful. What are you rocking? Oh, this is an old Dale Earnhardt 77 car. I think that Spire actually did a uh, throwback to this one. They did. Uh, I love this car. It's absolutely beautiful. I have it right next to my Ralph Earnhardt and Curtis Turner die cast in my room. Um, and man, like, I just look how simple all of it is compared to. Oh, but look, it's so detailed, dude. Oh, yeah. They even black. have scuffs on the, on the wheels here. Like right here, there's like almost like oh. a paint scuff. Then you can open it up. Uh, okay, so there's where Eric went. He went to go find the good stuff. Yeah, Eric. I, my di- I also had to pee, but also uh, here's a digest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, geez, now it's yeah. way too bright. Nice. But, all right, yeah, Eric. I, I, what, I love these. I love all these. These all look good. Uh, what die cat? What die cat is it, Eric? Uh, Terry Labonte. Can't you, can't you tell? Yes. Uh, no, because t- it's in the dark. Texas Terry Labonte. It's hard to tell because your lighting keeps changing, so it keeps going dark. Yeah, yeah. Dark, yeah. Dark, 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 dark. it does. No, we got ourselves Terry Labonte. I don't know. I was just feeling a Texas-y mood. I wanted to get this out of the closet. I don't usually have this one out on display, but uh, this looks fantastic. I love Kellogg's Corn Flakes. Who doesn't? Darian, what's going on with them wheels? They're sticking way outside the car. I don't know, dude. So like Open so- wheel. So since I moved all the way from Las Vegas to Virginia, I pretty much left all of my diecasts. I've shown all year on the podcast at my uh, old apartment. So an hour before the show, I uh, went to my eight-year-old cousin and was like, hey, do you have any like NASCAR diecasts? And he's like, yeah, I got one. Let me get it. And then, because that's, you know, he has a Southern accent. So I'm doing my best <laughs> impression. But uh, but no, no. So he ended up giving me this one. He's like, hey, is this one good? I'm like, yes, it's perfect. So it's Bill Elliott's uh, 1998 uh, McDonald's 50th anniversary NASCAR scheme. 
Um, and in 2018, Jamie McMurray did a throwback scheme to them. And the reason the wheels are out like this, I think this was like basically the car you got when you got a Happy Meal during that time. So like this, uh, the stickers happen to be on it and all that stuff. So look at that. But yeah, yeah, no, the wheels are kind of meh, but hey, it's still a good scheme. I like it. Real real quick, uh, you guys are going to have to take over the show for a bit. I got to go check on something real fast. Sorry about this. Uh, all right. I, I just think sure. has a Shooks has a gun on him behind the camera. <laughs> yeah, Shooks yeah, stole yeah. his diecast. Actually, it might, it might low key be. I need to go see if Shooks ran out the garage. I don't know. So I'll be right back. <laughs> he runs for his gun. Shooks on the run. <laughs> All right, go ahead, go ahead, bro. He's we'll making a break it. for it. All right. Well, what's next? Ed? I believe there's a there's a storm of brewing. It's that time oh, of the night. There's a storm of brewing. I can feel it. Oh wait, does Danny have control of the lightning? Oh effect? yeah. <laughs> Hey, we'll just pretend. We'll just pretend. Yeah, yeah, click it. Yeah, click it really fast. Oh my goodness. It's already broke. The lightning round on the last car weekly podcast. Did it break? Did you say the last car? We're you said the last, last car. No, I said NASCAR. No, I said NASCAR. Play it back. Play it back. Chat, right. chat. Let's fact check that one. Fact check me really quick. Here. Hey, shout out to Brock Beard though for the last car. But no, no. no. <laughs> and once again, let's do it. So, it's, oh my goodness. He's, he sounds less too. Uh, yeah, so, Garrett, what do we have on tap for today? Well, Steve Phelps was uh, at least talking to. I think he was on the I Am Athlete podcast for NASCAR, and Daniel Suarez is next up. So that should be an interesting conversation. I saw, uh, uh, and kind of in the same vein, I don't think it's in here, but Bubba Wallace is going to be on the shop HBO, I think, yeah, either today yeah, or yeah. this week or sometime soon. He'll be on there. Yeah. Oh, they all heard last car, by the way. Oh, uh, dang it. I messed up. So I can mean that. Go ahead. Shout out to Brock Beard, though. So it was uh, Daniel Ricardo uh, was the one who drove Dale Earnhardt's number three Wrangler car and is open to running Xfinity races for Dale yes. Jr. He's he just it. saying that. No, let's no, do it, no, he'll let's do, do it. it. In the he'll 88 car. Let's do it. 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 He'll do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, I, wanted, I wanted to put this in here. I know it's not too big of a thing, but for people going down for speed weeks early uh, next year, there is a rocket launch on February 12th, the week before the Daytona 500, uh, that's going to return the 27th. So if you're down there, maybe any extra time, any NASCAR fans going down there, look out for that. If you're in Florida, you're probably going to be able to see a rocket go up to space. I'm going to be there that weekend. Um, I got a marathon the next day. So, <laughs> hey, hey, we're racing. We're uh, we're racing every day, man. Every day we're racing. Well, I was like, at NASA, the space center here in Houston the other day, and they have one of the like the SpaceX like reusable kind of rockets like on display. And I was like, that's cool. It has me in the mood. I want to do some space stuff now. By the way, the funny, final really, really quick, funny story. When I was in fifth grade at uh, LVMS, so back in the day when they had the uh, – wait, can you guys hear me? Can You're I so hear? quiet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dang, I got to reset your mic. Dang, 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 I got to reset it. Oh, I'll get a little he closer. Not, but no, he's not quiet on my end. I hear him loud. Oh, okay, okay. But back in 2019, or no, back in fifth grade, uh, back when the uh, Sprint Cup Series was the title sponsor, they had this fan thing where like you would answer trivia questions. And one of the questions was, what does NASCAR stand for? And I kid you not, somebody said, doesn't it have something to do with NASA or something? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's fifth grade, bro. Oh, my oh, God. That's rough. And speaking of space, did anyone else see the trailer for the Buzz Lightyear movie? <laughs> yes, oh, and then someone did a face app with, where they put a beard on Buzz Lightyear. Someone pointed out it looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, kind of going back here to the NASCAR stuff, a little more serious here. Space. NASCAR. 
No, we wish it was space. NASCAR is challenging an Ohio state tax decision uh, from Ohio Supreme Court that says that they would charge NASCAR with additional commercial activities taxes due to being in the state of Ohio for what they're they're running their events, meaning that NASCAR is uh, has challenged it just because people from Ohio can watch a NASCAR race in their state doesn't mean they can have the right to tax a Florida company. Now, where this comes into effect is the fact that, hey, can't there be races in Ohio? Well, NASCAR's not going to want to pay extra for that, so they might just pull out of Ohio so, until so, this is done. Sorry, Mid-Ohio, and I guess that means Eldora's done. Isn't that in Ohio? Yeah. yeah, any chance? I mean, I'm just saying, like, that might it, be something to keep a lookout for because wow. if you're a Mid-Ohio fan, it's already bad enough, you know, with uh, what the schedule has been and that you live in Ohio. Um <laughs> <laughs> had to slip that in there, huh? I just it My in. brother's th- looking at that, and I'm just like, why Ohio? Um, but I'm just oh. saying, keep a lookout for that. That's a big thing. Just saying, I feel bad for your TVP83. Um, yes. Why your state? Well, that's what a lot of Floridans say, too. So, uh, 2022 Gateway has just been announced. They will feature a pre-race show at the track on a big stage with people around with Host John Roberts and Kenny Wallace. We just need to get Jimmy Spencer in on that. And get some Home Depot sponsorship. Come on. Uh, I will seriously wear my Home Depot hard hat I got from them in 2007. We are recreating NASCAR race day. Holy crap. Well, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, Kenny Wallace, some of his rants on Twitter are somewhat Mm -hmm. nonsensical, but at least he was on like a, a... a passion project this weekend. He's like, we need to make these races an event once again, something like that. That's a a good point. We really do. And I, so I respect him and I guess John Roberts and the track work going to make this happen. It's a shame that it took a Twitter rant from Kenny Wallace to make, you know, a track, you know, fork over some sort of pre-race event, but better, better that it happens than it doesn't happen. I guess NASCAR still has quote track side live but sometimes it's it's horrible it's not it's not the same at the very least it's definitely not the same i mean it's somewhat entertaining i guess but it's it's more like someone's talking for a little bit and they don't have honestly much charisma and then there's like someone playing music that's about it well yeah i mean like yeah i mean like the, the people who work on it i think are pretty cool i've actually had the, the chance to speak to one of them they're awesome but i, I yeah, think jose I, hosts it he, yeah, he's jose. great okay he's, the thing is the thing is they're jose's, not there to jose's a little bit different they're not there to like talk about what's going on in the race as much as oh larson's on pole today they're not really the there to discuss yeah they're much they're more there to just hype up a crowd and interview drivers whereas the old pre-race show like you know race day and stuff was much more um you know they debate topics and have guests on and it was much more you know it, it was more of an insider look into the sport as opposed to what trackside is but danny is right i mean it's still called trackside to this day but it is no it, it's not the trackside i grew up with though no mm-hmm. i even close uh, let's get these last few things in here. Uh, Carson, I always say this wrong. Quapple, uh, is Quapple. he's he's going to be the JRM late model driver. Last time, uh, last guy that did that ended up pretty well. Uh, speaking of Dale Jr. News, got a bit of it here. Dale Jr., Tony Stewart, and Clint Boyer all drove the next gen car with Stewart being the lone one actually testing it. I think the other two just drove it so they get a feel of it for when they start uh, the broadcast. Dale Jr has, though, announced that his lone Xfinity Series race will be at Martinsville. I'm going to assume, based on what he said, it's probably going to be in April. Uh, I don't know if he said straight up, but he just keeps saying Martinsville. But I'm going to say April of 2022, and voting has begun for what paint scheme he'll be able to run. So no, vote number, for what you number want. One, number one, number one. 
Three for Dale. Do it. Number three. Three Number three. Three I haven't seen him yet. So I'm going to say number two, just to be contrary. (laughs) And then lastly on here, Michigan International Speedway has announced a new track president, Joe Fowler. I believe he was at at a high role at Kansas and helped bring a lot of stuff around that area. Tell you what, say what you will about Kansas on the track. Around the track is really, really fun. Even if their parking plan and getting people in and out of the track is a complete ass. Uh, But... Yeah, that's the lightning round. And that was the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now, back to the show. I know I've got a lot of yellow on right now, but let's talk about green. Our other sponsor, of course, is Forney Industries. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, as well as metalworking accessories and much more. It's great for do-it-yourselfers or if you're a professional metalworker, Forney has everything you need for your next major project. So be sure to shop all things Forney at forneyind.com. That's forneyind.com or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. You know, we had a bunch of really cool paint schemes for the Groovy Hollow 200 last night. And a lot of fans were voting for their favorites. We had like, I think the final count was over seven or 8,000 votes for favorite paint schemes. The Lionel Racing one won, but it was close. Forney, I think was second or third. It was very close. That green, I think was the number 66. I don't remember the number now, but it was sharp. So that Forney green looks great on everything. So check them out. Their website's down in the description below. Where was the podcast one? Was it did it at least podium? I saw it was fourth at one point. It was oh. in the top five for a while, but I don't think it. it you know, the only we were we put we knew the NASCAR Weekly podcast was just way too groovy. It was way too perfect. We had all of our faces on it. So if we put that up at the very top of the leaderboard, like when people open the page to vote, if we put it at the very top, we knew everyone would just click. They'd stop there. It's they wouldn't even look at the others. Yeah, yeah they'd be like, oh, I don't even need to see fight. the others. This one's already too great. So we put it at the bottom. So there's a chance maybe some people didn't scroll all the way down, but it was close. It was in the top five. Exactly. It, it won in our hearts, though. Yeah, it did. yeah. It, did. it stayed out of trouble on the track. That's all I cared about. <laughs> I'm so I'm so proud. I stay out of trouble at freaking Hickory of all places, man. That was and and we had how many cautions? What like 14 or 15? Uh, probably. <laughs> it was nuts, man. Crazy. On, on the subject that I, I kept seeing uh, some commercials from from Forney Industries there during the, yeah. the show last night. Yeah, they were awesome. they were all in. They loved it. They were super excited. So glad their paint scheme looked good. Cla- Claudia, oh, yeah. Claudia didn't get to watch the first little bit of it, but she she walked in and she was like, she was like, oh my goodness, they got like little commercials. That's what she was like. <laughs> so novel, yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, speaking of commercials and what pays for the show, Danny, I think uh, I think we might need to get a little, at least a little five minute shine on our uh, on our chat. This show is brought to you by viewers like you, so I want to thank you thank all, you. thank you all Tell for your support. And Jarrett, start us off now. All right, so real quick, I I lost two super chats, and I, I know one of them was a just a five dollar and it didn't have a caption on it from speedway anywhere so i want to thank you for that the other one i can't remember who it was but it was a dollar 99 and it went away so thank you for that spencer 5478 coming in as a member of the danny b superfans for five months appreciate that and he says last two races of the season let's get it on philip richards also coming in five months as a danny b superfans the charity race was awesome great job darian says philip richards Blue Jimmy 48. Let's go. I know he was in there. Uh, he's also coming in as a six-month member of Danny B. Superfans. Appreciate that. P10 finish for me. Wish there was one more yellow. Uh, Nicholas Gray coming in as one of the longest Danny B. Superfans of 15 months. Appreciate the support there, Nicholas. Martinsville going to be stressful to watch, but go KFE. Yeah, I know he's a big Kyle Busch fan, so he's going to hope for a good weekend from his guy there. 
Oh, this one's kind of be kind of harsh here uh, from Isaac coming in at four ninety nine. He says he hates Ty Gibbs. Why? Because he's forcing me into a midlife crisis when I'm only twenty one. Also, if it were to rain at Martinsville, could they use rain tires? I don't think they're ever going to use those, honestly. Not this year. Uh, Steve Castaneda coming in at five dollars. Appreciate this, Jarrett. This one's for you. For Jarrett, I wish you luck on Sunday as your Vikings play my Cowboys. You're going to need it. Uh, I don't know. Don't, uh, hey, hey, Cowboy fans, do not get too confident. I swear, don't start. Don't Isn't start. Dak hurt? Yeah, and Wait, we have. He? Yeah, he's like I think he said he's eighty percent, and oh, the Vikings no. have the most sacks of any team in the NFL, even with the bye week. So. Cowboys It'll fans, be a game. Don't get cocky. Don't get yeah. cocky, though. How about them Titans? Beat the Bills on a Monday and then destroy the Chiefs yeah. later. So Go Rams. Go Rams. Hey, Eric, how about them Texans, Eric? How about, them, how about them? How about them Astros tied series in the World Series? That's I, what I like to I mean, see. I mean, Atlanta's pretty close to me. I kind of have to root for them. I mean, hey, maybe if st- stuff actually turns out to not be too bad with Deshaun Watson, you'll get rid of him. Yeah, it's looking that way. Oh, good. Here we go. Best of the show. All right. Now you just need <laughs> They didn't cheat this year to do it. You, you <laughs> they didn't cheat last year. Or the year before that, either. <laughs> Dynasty. Uh, anyways, getting back to Super Jets. Uh, Nicholas Gray come in with another $5. First impressions are important, and NASCAR 21 is a currently a little bit of a joke on YouTube. How did this game pass all its approval to be released in back condition? That's... That's pretty interesting, and my experience of it has not been great what I've played of it so far. Uh, I, they patched it this morning, and I played it for a couple hours this afternoon. I, it was actually quite on, improved. On, I don't know what they did, but they on, fixed something. On the, on the PlayStation side, I can't notice anything. I keep The game keeps crashing when I'm just getting, not, not even into the race, just in practice sessions. Oh. It, it just crashes. So I, I can't say I'm – if it wasn't for the fact I traded in a bunch of games I wasn't playing anymore, so I ended up only spending a dollar when I actually got it. So Smart man. So, Smart man. So for me, having bought this game for a dollar, basically, I'm not terribly mad. But if I paid full price, I'm not surprised that I've seen some people saying that they've asked for a refund. I've heard it was worse on consoles, more bu- even more buggy it, on consoles it, it, than it, PC. It's very buggy on console, and there's a lot of things missing. Like on PC, you can use any wheel basically you you want. On console, we only have one option, and it's not what I got. And I'm not paying another two hundred fifty dollars just to be able to use a wheel for, for ignition. Sure. No way. And then no track map, no uh, um, no uh, rearview mirror, no rearview mirror, no stages. There's so no, no private lobbies, no private lobbies. What the heck? It. One minute. Okay. <laughs> Let's just, I'll keep going on this tangent here, and then we'll come back to the Super Chats. But right. I love the paint booth. Mm-hmm. I can say that. But mm-hmm. it, it's kind of not a good sign, though, when I have to justify I like the game because of paint booth because I might as well be on Photoshop at that point. Yeah, exactly. Well, so it looks, it looks great until you actually want to race. And yeah, it has a lot of eye candy. I want this game to be good so bad because I got so many good friends who are working on it. I know a lot of people who are working on this, on this game, and I want them to do good. But gosh, it's not it's not good right now. Yeah, gotta call and, it like and, you see and, it, and it hurts to say that. Yeah. All right, I got time for uh, one more super chat here. 
Ethan 9 Fan NASCAR Talk. Thank you guys for being there for me during a few rough days at work. And who is your guys' pick for this weekend's race in all three series? We will get the picks towards the end of the show, Ethan. Don't you worry about that. But we are glad that we can be there for you during rough days. One last super chat here. I don't care what the timer says, Jared. Platinum Paradise coming in at 4.99. KFB channeled his inner Kurt from 2010 to 2012 on the radio last week. Uh, oh, okay, so he's talking about Kyle Busch. Yeah, he, he did sound a little bit like the old Kurt Busch a little bit there. Uh, mm-hmm. Jared, are we at the end of the timer? Oh, yeah, we passed it a bit ago. Okay, well, we're done there. That has been the first five minutes of the Super Chat. Uh, and then uh, next up, we, uh, we're we looking kind of long-term, I think, before we get to picks. You know, we're kind of looking we're looking into the future of picks a little bit. But future we're looking way into the future. The future. Uh, so NASCAR's been making some long-term moves, uh, at least what they've said they're, they're planning on. I'm just going to read a few of them off, and we can cover these one by one, like, after. So, like, NASCAR said some tracks might lose their dates due to poor performance. Now, it's pretty – one can only hope. Uh, it's pretty easy to assume what they mean is probably attendance at the track, promotion, things like that. Um, talking about investing heavily in new ideas, like street races. Uh, they have mocked up a 2031 schedule to kind of – be a point of reference of where they want that to be in so years. far off it's only 10 years ain't too like not even 10 years um that that you know obviously they have new tracks that they want to get to new regions in america you see what they're doing with portland right now I'm telling you nascar track around a mountain in montana it could happen not i'm joking what did, did you say that i haven't heard that idea i heard it but trust me trust this me totally have sources <laughs> they're just the, the voices no but they're so, also yeah, aiming so they're so also so aiming so for races on they're also aiming for races on foreign soil as well so i there's so a lot dramatic. to unpack here okay. where do we want to get foreign to? Well, okay, soil. First, but what is foreign okay. soil are we just going down to mexico are we going to canada what's foreign soil honestly there's a lot I, teams are complaining or you know some people are saying oh they're going to la it's too expensive so they better not be thinking about anything bigger than mexico, mexico or canada like at this point <laughs> Guys, you won't believe it. You're racing in you're racing in China next year. Go, go have fun. Well, first off, let me just Monaco. say this. Sorry, Eric. Texas, they're on the chopping block. They're the first track to go that. So Well, no, you hear their master plan to game the system is to like demolish two thirds of their grandstands or something <laughs> like that. Like so it's like it's full, bro. It's full, it's, bro. It's like, full. <laughs> but no, nah, dude. So what I had saw seen on Twitter from Adam Stern was that Basically, they're going to start to see how these races play out and how the performance of, of them are, and that'll be a deciding factor. My one flaw about that is is that there are certain packages that work at certain tracks better than others. Like, for example, last weekend, um, I think we can all agree that Kansas is one of the best mile-and-a-half tracks on the schedule. The problem is, in Xfinity, it looks way better than it does in Cup. I know Cup had some exciting moments, but there were some parts where – it was clear as day that the guys could not pass a lick out there last weekend mm-hmm. on Sunday. So uh, I really think they do need to take the current aero packages into account when making these decisions. And also, like, you know, all this talk about street racing and stuff, like, look, I understand from an optics perspective, it looks great having your sanctioning body in, in the middle of a uh, giant city, like, you know, like a, 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 a Chicago or a Miami, you know what I mean? But the problem with that is, these street races, like they can sometimes get 
a little bit drawn out, a little bit boring at times. Hopefully this next gen car will make that more exciting on these road courses and street circuits. But I don't know. I'm just saying, I just be a little weary about that. One thing I want to kind of put in here is in general, if you look at the tracks with the absolute worst attendance woes, when it comes to worst, you know, advertising, just worst when it comes to getting people butts in seats at the tracks, a lot of it's SMI. Like, yeah, we got Bristol, which on a, like a bad Bristol night race still brings in like 80,000 people. I'm not talking about Bristol, but but the ones I'm talking about is you got, you know, like for instance, a Texas or an Atlanta. I mean, I'm sorry, Atlanta, the way that their attendance has been, even when they open that stuff back up, they got maybe 15,000. They added that second date and nobody showed up for that second race. There's no, like, I think, you know, you look at New Hampshire, for instance, New Hampshire has been just hemorrhaging attendees so i think that this is kind of nascar's way of strong arming smi into being like all right you're you gotta do what we want here because if you look at a lot of nascar owned tracks even the ones that aren't that good still outperform a lot of the smi tracks at least from an optics perspective um plus they have a lot of a good one so i wouldn't be surprised if this is their way of being like all right we need less of you know x y and z tracks so we can get one two three track kind of thing if there's oh go ahead sorry sorry i'm thinking if there's more opportunities for smi to lease out like a circuit the americas obviously is probably what they're going to do next year that's got to be the plan because yeah smi is in a tough spot they built a lot of mile and a half atlanta texas las vegas you know they're you know obviously some of those are going to go the way of the dodo perhaps before too long but overall you know when it comes to this this idea that in a lot of these sanctioning agreements they are requiring like 70 percent attendance and of course they're letting that slide during covid of course you know of course but as time goes on i would hope nascar starts to enforce that a bit because well actually let me start with this i think nascar should absolutely do a street course and i hear you what your concern was darian about you know a lot of times those races especially with these cars you just don't know may not be the most exciting may not be the best racing but Think about what Deanna said earlier. She's been to a Formula One race, a NASCAR race, and an IndyCar race. And her favorite race, she said, was the Music City Grand Prix, which I, I know a lot of people, some people complained about the racing. I know it was intense down the stretch with Colton Herta um, yeah. trying to chase down the win and, and wrecking. But, you know, that was a street race. That was a brand new street race. And, you know, I think the fan experience is going to be first and foremost uh, if they do a street race. And I think they should add one, not three, not two, one street race, preferably Chicago, maybe a Miami, maybe a Long Beach, something like that. I think those are your three big bets. Um, I think NASCAR would be genius if they do that. And if Texas loses a date or it goes away completely, or they're forced to completely re rethink their, their future, should there be a track in Fort Worth? I've heard from people. I saw a few people commenting on my videos this week who live near um, Texas Motor Speedway. And I've been there recently that the whole area around the tracks developed a lot. It's not just warehouses. There's neighborhoods going up. There's a giant Bucky's, tons of stores and restaurants, outlet malls. I think there's a top golf, I think near the track now, like that whole area around the speedway is developing. Maybe you cut your losses, sell the land for a good price and maybe build a Texas motor speedway somewhere else and maybe make it a short track or make it that three mile super speedway. We keep joking Texas about Mega at, some speedway. Point, at some point, maybe you cut your losses on that track. I, I don't know. I'm just spitballing a bunch of different ideas here, but I like that NASCAR's thinking 10 years down the line. And I like that. They, they understand the optics. One thing we overlooked was I read an article. I don't remember which, where it was, but Denny Hamlin talked to apparently met with Steve Phelps in the last week. And Denny Hamlin said that they both agreed that the 20,000 fans, maybe that were at Texas motor speedway was unacceptable like that. At that point, I think maybe that was the grand awakening moment for guys like Steve Phelps that, you know, that can't happen. You know, even if the stands are only 40,000 capacity, at least we know they will be most, they will be full at most tracks. 
So hopefully this actually sparks. Like I find it interesting. They had that conversation like two weeks ago. And now all these reports, all these stories came out the very next week. I think NASCAR, that was the clear, like, ding, ding, ding. We've been putting this off. We've been kind of hoping things get better. Hoping things. No, we got to take the initiative and make a real plan because this isn't going to work. And I think what a lot of this proves too, especially, you know, there are one X amount of people at the stands. Like, yeah, I get that you want it to look good too, but a part of it too, I think, and I think this gets spurred on with TV contracts is the fact that even if, you know, you have to, you know, you can't just look straight at the number that they're going to get for TV money because they might get the same amount, but this, but the amount of like seven point eight billion or or as eight point two billion today is not worth the same that eight point two billion was worth in two thousand twelve when this first when this current deal was negotiated. And what I have to think is that while I don't think attendance is going to be the end all be all of NASCAR money. In, in the sport circulating around, I think it's going to have more importance for the tracks themselves. I think you're going to start seeing a bit of shuffling of where that money goes. Maybe more of it goes to NASCAR, more of it goes to the drivers. We've seen drivers this week basically throw the tracks under the bus, oh. basically saying you had to spend 20 to 40 grand to have your hauler there. Well, I no was, wonder there's not as many haulers going. I, you know? I was just about to bring that up too. I think that's another thing NASCAR is taking into account here is the at-the-track atmosphere. I mean, I tweeted it's, something it's today. Neutered. Dude, I, I I tweeted something today basically saying like how our generation of fans were lucky to grow up with shows there, like, you know, a trackside live and a NASCAR race day that up the atmosphere. And also and then nowadays to hear, you know, that all oh, certain tracks, they will charge 20 to 40,000 just for teams to park outside of their track to sign autographs. Like, what are you doing? Like, look, I understand, you know, you're in the business of trying to make money and stuff, but that is greediness at its finest there. Like and even Tommy Joe Martin, who uh, he, he's, he's about the fans. I've seen him on Twitter and stuff. He interacts with a lot of the fans on and off the track on social media. <laughs> But and even he called them out. He was like, "Yeah, you're like uh, this is ridiculous here." And I didn't even know that was a thing either. So I think that's another thing NASCAR's taking into account as well. I just think again, going back to what Deanna said, she went to the Roval, and that's Charlotte. That is NASCAR Central, mm-hmm. and there was nothing. It was show up, watch the race, go home. And you know, I think we can blame some of it on COVID. But now we're uh, NASCAR has been back, you know, for a year and a half. I think at some point you can't use that as an excuse. The ad track experience was already becoming diminished in recent years. There was less haulers showing up, less vendors, less booths, less, less emphasis on the track now. Less, less obviously, LAI, less practice qualifying, the, the pre-race concerts. I remember going into Texas Motor Speedway around 2011, 2012, and they had, Grant, I'm not a fan of these bands, but at least I'd heard of them. Foreigner played a pre-race show. Um, was it who one big country star? Was it? maybe Trace Atkins at the time, so, some big country, like like people had heard of a lot of these people. And you know, so the point is there's not been nearly as much of an emphasis put on the experience around the track. And that needs it's to lazy. change. That needs to change right away. Cause like we've talked for years and years about how amazing it is to go to a NASCAR race. There's nothing quite like it. The rumble of the car coming by the, the party atmosphere, the party atmosphere outside of Talladega and maybe a couple other tracks has been killed the last year and a half. And it, unless we have some amazing resuscitation technology, I don't see it coming back anytime soon. So th- that's what really needs to be. The emphasis needs to be put on the at track experience. It doesn't bring in the most money, but that's what ingrains NASCAR in young fans. And that's what makes people NASCAR fans for life. I'll, I'll add a bit to this. So I think it was 2009 at Chicagoland. All of like, I, I went down, there was a giant traffic jam inside the, the track because people, either fans, drivers, whoever, all were trying to flood out so they could see, I think it was the Goo Goo Dolls, which weren't even peaking at that point, but were still pretty good. Iris is one of the best songs on my phone. I love that song. 
Awesome song. Anyway, another year, I think it was, I can't remember what year it was, but it was Michigan. I think they had like Green Day there. And Green Day was big through the 2000s. So like that was a big deal. And I want to add <coughs> when it comes to not just racing events, but sporting events in general, like for instance, so we'll look at another NASCAR track. Road America might not have had a lot of stuff around it, but in that track and where people could move around, there was tons of stuff going on. Great party atmosphere. Ton, just all around mm-hmm. seemed like an organic an organically even Coda atmosphere. Yes. Yeah. Coda had a lot, even with restrictions of how many people could go. Uh, when I went to the Vikings game in Cincinnati, there was stuff all around the stadium, like vendors, there were people like coming up and it, uh, same thing with when I uh, would go to Cubs games at Wrigley field, there was a party atmosphere. You could go all around Wrigleyville, Wrigleyville, and there was stuff going on. You don't get that in NASCAR anymore. You don't, you, you basically go to a race. Like, like when I went to Talladega, or when I went to Richmond, you know, Richmond was different because I met up with some people. But like when I went to Talladega, for instance, I literally showed up each day, like 15 minutes before the race, because there was no reason for me to be there. Like I was just going to sit around. I wasn't going to do anything. Whereas in years past, I would go and be like, oh, I want to go into this holler, or I want to go and do this or I want to visit this kind of attraction or oh, race day. And, and the, the tracks need a push to to build themselves back up because I, what I think it's been, and I think that this contract being such a long-term deal has kind of really planted the seeds of this is that the tracks, at least a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of the tracks have gotten extremely complacent. They have the money they want. They have no reason to try and bring people in aside from optics. They have no reason to bring in acts. You know what? We can say all we want about Eddie Gossage, but at least he tried. Like, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of what he said or did, but Eddie Gossage at least tried. Yeah. I don't think his I don't think his mind was in the right place with a lot of them. Yeah, that but I respect the effort. Yeah, that, that I respect was. it though. It was pre, that, their pre race shows were good. They always they did a good job with that. It, it, when it came to the racing, Gossage didn't know what they were doing. They didn't no. know what they were doing. But when it came yeah. to the promotion, no, he had he had visions. Well, and and what's sad to me about what Deanna had said about the Roval is, do you remember like? The, the late 2000s when Humpy Wheeler was in charge oh, of dude, Charlotte. He was the man, dude. He was they the man. blew up school buses in the trial. Yes. <laughs> he was the man, like, dude, when it came they, to promotions. They had a giant Godzilla, like Mecha Godzilla robot crushing like freaking bulldozers. When like, they first added that's lights, redneck fun, man. When they yeah. first added lights to to uh, to the Charlotte Motor Speedway, that was a huge deal, and and Humpy Wheeler and Charlotte Motor Speedway promoted the hell out of that, and it basically led to one hot night in 1992, I believe. So, uh-huh. I mean, like he was a well-known promoter for years, and he had retired, and then there's even a video up on YouTube still to this day. I think he uploaded like seven, eight years ago why NASCAR was losing fans, and that was one of the po- points he was bringing and- up. They were starting to lose that at atmosphere at the racetracks and even around 2013 I, 14 i don't think that this is I like because i think a lot of times people will be like oh you guys are just complaining it's not like how you no. liked it but i don't but but i think this is different because this is something you can fix yeah like you know you know like i, I think i've said it a few times on here like you can't bring Dale back. You can't bring Dale Jr. or Tony Stewart out of retirement and have them being competitive. Like we those guys were trash their say, last years. We had an inside source of the NASCAR say, hey, if we could bring Dale Sr. back, if we could revive him, we could. <laughs> well, we could do you it. Can't, well, it's, and, and even when it comes to the drivers that retired, you can't bring them back and have them race at the level they were. Like, right. I'm sorry, a bunch of 40 something year olds and 50 year olds aren't going to bring in the same audience that they did no. 20 years prior. 
but hey, this hey, is something SRX did a pretty good job. Sorry, you know, go ahead. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And their demographics were extremely <laughs> old on the TV wise. Very. Uh, and, and also, as soon as you put someone who's current like Chase Elliott in there, he goes out and he wins the race. So uh, yeah, yeah. But but th- this is something the tracks can change. Same with like the, the the when I went on about the practice sessions and cutting weekends down. Like I saw Denny Hamlin very quickly backtrack and said, "I don't think we should practice for two or three days like F1 does." When he was comparing NASCAR to F1 one it's funny you know and when the drivers had to be at the track more they're they're fine with it being different um but these are things that nascar and the tracks and probably the tv providers because i have i have to assume that nbc or fox would want to get in on something really big if someone big came to perform Mm -hmm. this is stuff they can change this is stuff they can influence this is stuff that enough fans get in their ear about we could probably see a change with it i'm just, I mean, like for instance, the Daytona 500. Yeah, like the last couple of years or whatever. But like aside, aside from the Daytona 500, what races have actual real good pre-race concerts anymore, or something that brings someone in? Not, I'm not talking about like a country singer that peaked ten years ago. Like, you know, Phoenix March of last year had that surprise music video shoot with Blake Shelton and Pitbull. That that was exciting, but that wasn't on the poster. That didn't draw anybody. That was literally just a shock mm-hmm. to people who were already there. So. Did they ever show that? No, like I can because of well, COVID. Uh, well, I, I think Nashville actually had a pretty good pre-race concert. I can't remember who it was, but it was it was a, it was a more of a current. Uh, Probably Tim now. Duggar. No, so no, whenever they can't, no, whenever they can't get it, someone, it, it's it was, just Tim Duggar. It, it was not. It was not Tim Duggar. But uh, I forget who it was. They had someone pretty good though. I know. Yeah, I remember. What was it Sum Forty One a couple of years ago at Auto Club? I was like, where's yeah, that come from? Two thousands rock band. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. that when uh, when you two invaded anyone of an iPhone, I'm surprised that we didn't see them at like every other race or something like that too. Right. Yeah. At least once. Oh, I can see like there's you know Dirk Bentley. Uh, that, that's cool for my nostalgia's sake for 2011, but like I, I don't really like Sammy Hagar. He hasn't been relevant since like, <laughs> but he was the there. 2000s. He was. Having he hasn't been relevant time. since before this millennium. I it, can't it, if, if we're gonna bring, if, if we're gonna bring back people from long time ago, let's get real hype. Let's get Kiss before a, a race. Let's get them out there. <laughs> Let's get like let's, let's 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 just drop a bunch of money and see if we can get you know three fourths of Zeppelin back. I was yeah, so like, bummed to see that the lead singer of Smash Mouth said he was retiring after he had like an outburst on stage. Let's get Avenged Sevenfold there. They they can bring giant audiences now, still. That I would actually be pretty hot for. Remember I would too. 20- I just love that. <sighs> I remember the 2018 All Star race, and this was before he became a rock star, and he was in the rap community. When they had Machine Gun Kelly there, and me and my mom were looking at each other on TV, and we were like, "What? Why are they bringing?" <laughs> I don't remember him being there. He was there, bro. Yeah, and, it's and a fever dream. Don't think about himself. it. He dyed his tongue black now, by the way. Just so you know. Screw it. Let's get Slipknot at a NASCAR uh, race. What could go wrong? Flying Pizza '98 <laughs> said Slipknot pre-race show. I, oh, hey, that. That, that, that's that, like. that's great for the kids. <laughs> I push my fingers into Too my eyes. <laughs> but I mean, let's, I, I think NASCAR, though, when it comes going back to kind of get more serious, so that NASCAR should look and the track should look at kind of broadening the audience out. You know, like mm-hmm. Sammy Hagar is not going to bring anyone that's like, you know, a middle Gen Xer on down it's, to a race. It's funny looking back at this. The week before that race, I noticed that they were like pushing that strangely on like, here's what you can fix. Sammy Hagar. And I even took a picture of that. And I was like, why is this something that's going to, why is Sammy Hagar going to draw someone to this race? And then sure enough, there he is right before, I'm here, can't drive 55. 
I'm like, I still, I'm like, I still don't hate the idea. I didn't love the execution, but I did not hate the idea. I'm glad I, they went for good, it. But yeah, somebody else needed well, to polish it. Though. Okay, let's look at uh, what Justin says in the chat. Post Malone had a yes. video with drivers. That, Why not have something actually that incorporated would, in? That would be something a little bit more modern and kind of appeal to a wider base. And also, he's actually multi-talented too. I actually saw his uh, little cover concert of uh, of Nirvana a while back, and like he's actually pretty good and, too. So. His song with Ozzy was awesome. Yes, yes, yes. I'd love to get Ozzy out there with him. I know I just said to like all these young people, I just love him be like, I'm, I'm happy to be here at Daytona Stadium. Man, yeah, the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> play, play ball. He says, take me to the ball. I'm like, you're not on a baseball bed, bro. Just don't let his wife get the mic. Um, <laughs> no, but. I think that's a good place to stop that one. Yes, yes, please. All right, let's go. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. More tra- at the track atmosphere, please. Yeah. Make it happen. All right. And all right, now, speaking of tracks, uh, let's go to Hot Dog Land, Martinsville. Woohoo! My favorite track. I can't wait to see it in person. It's gonna be awesome. This is your favorite track, Jared? I guess I yes. guess after 2015, I, it probably I, is. I, I, no, I've, even before. I've, only, I've only been once. I really need to go this, again because it was a good experience my first time. This is wait. far and away for the racing standpoint, my favorite track in the schedule. I circle, I'll be real with you, and my family throws Talladega parties. I circle this race more than Talladega. Whoa. It broke my okay. heart last year that I could not go to this race when it was on my birthday. Hey, we Aww. get to go together. You and me, we get to go together and see the race. Hey. I mean, hey, if it gets postponed enough, it might still be on my birthday this year. Hey, <laughs> nice. I know, Knock on wood, it's not. I know I made a joke about this being hot dog land, but hey, actually, the teams can actually finally get hot dogs this year. They did not have the hot dog stand open at all last year, or I guess maybe earlier this year, but it will be open for this year's race. Yeah, all right, let's get to it. What we got this weekend, man? All right. Cup Series race will be the Xfinity 500, 500 laps, stages broken up in 130 and 130 for the first two stages, 240 laps, 40 final stage. Start time Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, so we get kind of an earlier start, actually. It'll be Closer on, to noon. Yeah, closer to noon. It'll be on Main NBC and MRN on the radio. It's going to be chilly, uh, 64 degrees, mostly sunny, only a oh, 10% chance of rain. Uh, yeah, not considering it snowed there a few years back. Uh, Xfinity Series preview, it will be the Dead on Tools 250. I haven't heard of them before, but welcome to the sport. 250 laps there, 60 and 60 in the first two stages, 134 for the last one. This one starts, it's going to be a night race actually on Saturday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time when that one starts. It'll be on NBCSN and MRN for the radio. Uh, nighttime, it's going to be chillier, 59 degrees, partly sunny, only a 25% chance of rain. Truck Series race will be racing on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time in the United Rentals 200. 50 laps and 50 laps in the first two stages, 200 in the last one. Of course, that'll be on FS1 and MRN. Darian, you got some betting odds for us for this weekend. Yes, sir. The betting odds for the 2021 Xfinity 500. NTJ is the favorite at plus 450, followed by Kyle Larson at plus 500. Yes, and then third is Chase Elliott at plus 600. Fourth is Denny Hamlin at plus 650. And rounding out the top five is Ryan Blaney at plus 700. Now, um, the rest of the, of the playoff guys, um, Kyle Busch is plus 800, Joey Logano plus 850, and Brad K at plus 
nine hundred. Who are who some, am I making money on? Who are some wild cards? What about what about uh, what about Bowman? I feel like he did good here last year. Uh, let's see, Bowman's plus four thousand. So if you want to put a bet on him, yeah, you can make some money off of that. Some other notables too, some dark horses. Um, I feel like Tyler Reddick's a dark horse every weekend. Uh, he's at plus five thousand entering this weekend. Um, Bubba Wallace, who had a pretty good run here in the spring, is at plus ten thousand odds. Remember, he was up front leading some laps too, so he's shown he can uh, muscle his way to the top at Martinsville. And then um, my personal favorite this weekend, Chris Busher at plus. 15,000 odds. I mean, we've seen how Chris Busher can do at some of these short tracks. And, you know, Martinsville, he's pretty good there, too. So, hey, if you want to make some money, hey, those are your three guys, Who, uh, in my opinion. Who's the farthest back that you can see on there? Oh, goodness. Garrett Smithley at plus 100,000 odds. But you know who's uh, who's ahead of him? Um, tied? Um, Cody Ware? With? Nope, nope. Quinn Howe. Good old Quinn Howe um, giving uh, Starcom Racing one final farewell tour year. He's at plus 100,000. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Those are the nice. betting odds. All right, and real quick, before we get into race picks, guys, I realize we, we haven't had a chance to really talk about this too much because they haven't been racing in a while. This is the last race for someone making it into the championship for the truck series, so we oh. need to talk about that the standings right before we get into picks real quick. And I forgot the truck series existed. They uh, take so many breaks, you know? So going into Martinsville, John Hunter Nemechek and Ben Rhodes, as long as they keep their noses clean, they're they're good. Well, John Hunter Nemechek's already locked in, isn't he? Did, did... Uh, he no, I don't think so. He won it. He won the Xfinity car. Yeah, he's he's not. Okay, then then no, then no one's actually locked in here. Uh, I'll double check. John, He's not. I, I have it up. John Hunter, oh, okay. John Hunter Nemechek and Ben Rhodes come in plus thirty six and plus thirty five, so they're essentially good. Uh, Matt Crafton, dangerous plus ten, no wins this season. You know I've got my eye on him to do it again. Sheldon Creed comes in fourth plus five. Now Stuart Friesen, uh, if he can get into the championship four. I like him to be a good dark horse there because he has won at Phoenix in the past. He's only minus five coming into this weekend. Uh, that dirt track knowledge might be beneficial for him. And then Chandler Smith is minus 34 in sixth. Um, let's see. It's, it's only the top six, really. Isn't Host, it? Yeah, Josevar is minus 37 in seventh, and Zane Smith is minus 40 in eighth. Oh, All right. So... Let's get into now truck series pick. Uh, for this one, I'm going to go with someone who's not contending for the championship right now. I'm going to go with Mr. Kyle Busch, stay in your motorhome, Todd Gillen, to get another win at Martinsville. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, hold on a second. <laughs> uh, so I have the um, I have the guest pick for the truck and Xfinity. Appreciate our mystery picker. I appreciate it. Um, I got so, cup. All right. So Ben. Um, so um, our guest pick picks Ben Rhodes to win the truck series race. And I will personally pick Ben Rhodes as well. Ben Rhodes. I'm going with the boy who won at a short track to get into this round. What's his name again? Chandler Smith. Chandler. Forgot his name. How could you forget his name? Chandler, get over here. I was thinking, I get him and Christian Eckes mixed up all the time in my head. I was suddenly thinking Chandler. And then I'm like, or Christian. If he wins, somebody let his, you know, make sure he uh, sees his mom. Yeah, yeah, make sure mom sees. Excuse me here. I am going to pick the guy who has been the man to beat at tracks that are uh, smaller than a mile and a half. Creed. Creed. Sheldon Creed has been the man to beat. 
He has been the man to beat at paved tracks that are under a mile and a half this year, and I don't think that changes. Who can, who can say Creed, but with the most, like the most disgustingly? Creed! Creed! <laughs> oh, no. Sheldon Creed! He said the, the, most, disgu- he said the most disgusting. Creed! Sounds like a car stuck in gear. What's the chat looking like? I see a lot of John Hunter. I say I see a lot of John Hunter. Runaway John Hunter. A lot of John Hunter. Yeah, we might as well pick John Hunter. Going once, going twice. Sold the John Hunter. John Hunter. John Hunter. All right, Johnny boy. Xfinity series, guys. I am going with this team getting their very first win. I'm saying. Josh Berry wins for Jordan Anderson Racing this weekend. Ooh, does it two hey, wins in hey, one week? Hey, for real though, for some reason, Jordan Anderson Racing has produced some great cars mm-hmm. in Xfinity Series. Going mm-hmm. to a short track like this where Berry has a lot of knowledge in this style of racing gives them an advantage. And I feel like Josh Berry does have what it takes to get to 31 in victory lane. Our guest picker here, and I'm going to pick the same guy. Uh, we talked about him earlier. Look, he's got to win, basically, or or if he's lucky enough, he might be able to point his way in. A lot would have to happen. We'll see. But, uh, you know, he's podium here multiple times at Martinsville. Uh, so the guest pick and me are going with Noah Gregson. Mm. That's a good pick. And, and Eric, I like what it. you did with the hat there. I just it got a little messy. But I have to agree with Danny B. The Halloween machine, Josh Berry. Is gonna win at Martinsville. If, if they were, if they had any other driver, I probably wouldn't pick them. But I really feel like Barry could win. Oh no, nah. Barry's well, the man. He's I won't be boring. I'm going the same one here because I just for some reason that 31 team has been comparable at a lot of tracks to JRM's cars. And you see what Barry did. He dominated the spring race, led almost 100 laps. I, I'm I'm going with him, man. And uh, I think he's going to bring Junior home a clock. It's funny. I, it's funny. I saw someone say Danny B cementing himself to the bottom. Well, now everyone else is joining me. If if we go down, we all go down. <laughs> all right. Who's the chat pick? Because I'm trying to catch the chat here. Who are y'all? Someone in the chat said Danny Butt talks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that they know what it means now. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. That's right. That's all right. Great. So we got uh we got we got some dingers. I've seen a lot of dingers. I've seen a lot y'all of dingers. Hey, Chet, I'm grieving. I'm, 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 I'm coming for you guys. Y'all better pick right. Y'all better pick right here. Watch I pick Gregson just to screw with you. Oh, I swear. I swear if y'all do. Y'all better not. I swear. All right, let's see. I'm seeing um, I'm seeing a lot of Almondingers and Gregsons. Oh. Yeah, it's probably between those two. Yeah, I see what they're doing now. They might be doing it just spite me. <laughs> I'm really not saying much of anything. Let's see. I see T Pain at least. Timmy Hill. Yeah, Timmy Hill. Uh, uh, it's well. looking like they're going the Gregson route. Uh, they did just. I saw four out of five Gregson. I think. Yeah. No, them. no. I think no. it's going Gregson. Darian no, no, here. no. Just I'm let sorry, it. Just buddy. let it. Just let it. You know, let it run a little bit. Hold there's on. One Almondinger and a bunch of Gregson. There, there's two for Barry. Three for okay, Barry. Oh, oh wait. But there's tons Barry. for Gregson. It's oh it's Gregson. It's Gregson. Oh my. I think we're calling it. Yeah, just call it. At least our track pick is different. Oh, hey, oh my goodness. And, uh, and and real quick here, I forgot to even say the pick point, so I'm just going to clarify what that is right now. Uh, okay. Jarrett is pretty well close to having this thing locked up. He is 6.15. Eric is in second, minus 55. Chet is minus 88 in third. Darian, minus 104. Guest, minus 136. I am dying <gasps> in the basement, minus 167. Oh, Who are you picking? And- How does it keep getting worse? Oh. 
Well, the thing yeah. is that a lot of us are picking winners. Plus, Eric and I also swept the weekend this weekend. Yeah. Oh shoot! Never mind. Hey, fist bump, Jared. And, and, where and, you at? Fist bump. Like, yeah. I, I feel <laughs> like I feel like this season I've picked a lot of guys who were like good, but then you guys picked someone who who won. So I've also swept four weekends at this point this year. So I've 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 gotten a little extra wiggle room to suck at a few weeks. Mm, All so. right. Well, let's talk about the Cup Series. I'm gonna go first on this one. They call this place Martinsville for a reason. Martin Truex Jr. will win this weekend. Wait, who's going to suck? I thought we were going to Who's going to suck and be yeah. a dark horse? Oh, well. Yeah, we got to do those first, Danny boy. <sighs> well, at least I know what Danny's pick is. <laughs> at least we know that. That's, that, that, that's my suck pick. Oh, well. No, thank you. I appreciate it. But no, no. Who's going to suck? Who's your suck pick? You go first. Okay. Dang, I feel stupid. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. Bowman, I don't know. <laughs> of course he's going to pick but Of course he is. Oh, my goodness. All right, my suck pick. Uh, you know what? It's not it, It's not a playoff driver neither. Um, let's see. Daniel Suarez didn't really have a, a spectacular race. Um, last time we were here, he was actually on fire, actually. So I'll go with Suarez. His car literally. On yeah, yeah, it's literally on fire. You know, like, I, I like my like, chair squeaked <laughs> I, as I, I, like, I, I saw <laughs> as I like, came into the frame. That was uh, I'm, I like to pick a playoff driver for these, so I don't think this guy's going to suck, suck, but I think he's probably going to run worse than all the other playoff drivers. Uh, Brad Keselowski, he's usually pretty good at Martinsville, but like in the spring, he was involved. I went back and watched. He was involved in, I think, three different incidents. Most of them were not his fault. He was getting punted by guys left and right, but he just was back in traffic. He was never able to put himself in a good spot, so I, I just feel like Keselowski might run like 11th and just end up fizzling away. I don't know. So I am also going to go with Bowman. Uh, these last two races at Martinsville have been absolutely atrocious for him. Uh, and I don't think that he's going to be the main focus of Hendrick this week. And he's just lagged behind the entire playoffs. Like I, I'm honestly kind of disappointed how he's done the playoffs. I think that Larson, Elliott, and Byron are going to run away from him. Pretty fair. All right. What you got, chat? Chat, um... Chad, who's going to suck? Give us a number. Well, Give us a number. I, I see Kurt Angle. You suck. Yeah, I you suck. Give us a number, chat. Five. I think five's going to suck. I think, I think they think Larson's going to suck. I think we should give him Larson. Hey, if y'all, hey, y'all can't pick Larson if, you, if the chat thinks he's going to suck. I think some Kyle Bushes. Oh, yeah, there, there's a five. Yeah, I need some more fives. I think, I think, I think five is going to suck, right? I see a couple of Harvicks, too. Yeah. No, 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 guys. Five. It's gonna uh, be Larson. I think oh, it's Kyle Bush. Yeah, it's yeah. like Kyle Bush. That's what it's looking like. Yep. Yeah, Dang, I'm they pick a playoff guy too. I'm seeing a lot of Kyle Bush in here. Yeah, yeah, it's Kyle Bush. All right, all right, fine. Someone just said uh, Eric Esep. Sad. Yeah, sad face. So dark horses. Dark horses, Danny. Uh, dark horses for here. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Ross Chastain is a dark horse here. I think this place pretty good for him. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier in the broadcast, uh, you know, he led some laps here uh, earlier. Um, didn't get a top 10, but uh, now that he has a win under, under his belt and um, a couple of top 10s this year as well, uh, Bubba Wallace uh, will be my dark horse pick this weekend. This is I actually like that pick. Yeah, I like that pick as well. It's going to be my dark horse as well because he, he had that bad wreck at the beginning of the Texas race, caused that big pileup, got loose and everything. But he bounced back and he ran up inside the top 10 for a while at Kansas. I think he mm-hmm. finished around 14th or 15th. But, uh, yeah, I'll go with Bubba. I think he has a good top 10 run. Well, I'm going to go with him too, but also be, uh, added on to all that, he's been good at Martinsville. 
and that team has actually really improved as the season has went on. Yeah. I think they showed like his average finish quarterly of like each quarter of the season has it's remarkably gotten, gotten higher. Yeah. It's like every like 10 races, his average finish improves by like two spots or something over the course yeah. of the year. So like, that's a pretty serious improvement over the course of a year. I think his average from the first nine races compared to like these last nine has been like plus seven or eight spots. Like yeah, he's maybe, yeah, gotten yeah. more competitive. The the chat is clear. They're picking Bubba. So yeah, I see twenty three storm the chat. The other one I saw was uh, Ryan Priest, but no, not Bubba. I'm saying mostly Bubba. Some Ross Chastain, but it's it's all Bubba mostly. So Bubba is their pick for underdog. Now, now okay, put me down for a trick. I already got the winner. <laughs> oh, you got Darren. Yeah, Darren, yeah, yeah. what what round do we got? Wait, hold on, hold on. Who's gonna win? Do I need to retire that, Eric? Do I have to retire that? No, it was the whatever you said earlier that was really. The waited. The waited. Yeah, that no, made me shudder no, a little bit. Never do that again. All right, I'll never do it again. Don't, I you, promise. don't you ever utter those words on my channel again. But who's gonna win? Who's gonna win at Martinsville? Danny, we already know your pick. True. Well, I'll put the guest one down. Deanna right. picked uh, Ryan Blaney as Ooh. the winner. Yes, yes. But but, but yeah, going back to what I said, it's 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 literally Martinsville, and it, it's appropriate that he's really good here. So Martin Trucks Jr. Yeah, I gotta be honest here too. I mean, outside um, for the drivers on the outside looking in, like Trex is basically the favorite. He's the odds-on favorite um, for this entire race in general as well. So yeah, Martin Trucks Jr. He couldn't win on a short track for years, and ever since then, he can't stop winning. So Martin Trucks Jr. See, this is one of the few instances. Like I talk all the time, where it's like, oh, I'm between these two and these two. I don't know where they know. This is a week where I'm genuinely 50-50. I have absolutely no idea who to pick between these two drivers. So I've got a video coming out tomorrow where I'm going to kind of go through the round of eight in great detail, talk about stats and stuff, and discuss who the favorites are, who I think makes in. So I'm probably going to give a different answer tomorrow. I'll tell you that right now. But for tonight, for the sake of keeping things interesting, the poor guy got caught up in someone else's mess last week, Ryan Blaney is going to win Martinsville and make his way into the championship four. That will be a surprise. I don't think many people had Blaney in their championship four when these playoffs began. He's going to shock some folks. Oh, did oh, you? Oh, he yep. did. I did. Right, well, you better hope I'm right, Jarrett. You better hope for it. Hope and pray. I hope you're right at least off points because I think Martin Truex Jr. is going to do it again. He's won three of the last four here. He's been just honor, honestly like the best person at Martinsville these last two years. It's really earned. Uh, unless Joey Logano takes him out or Ryan Blaney has a really awesome performance, which could happen. I think MTJ is going to get this one done. I want to make a mention real quick. I don't know if he's watching. He, he usually watches the show, but I don't know if he's made it this far. Uh, but my dad was a big Matt Kenseth fan with me. We kind of got into racing at the same time. He's definitely adopted Ryan Blaney as his driver. I have not seen that. He has not done this the last couple of years, but we didn't watch the race together. He texted me right after Blaney got wrecked, and he was like, dang it. Like, oh, he was mad. Like, as mad as he would get when Matt Kenseth would get wrecked. And I just thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, my dad officially, I think, has a favorite driver. Maybe not quite to the level of Kenseth, but it's close. So uh, for his sake, I'll pick Ryan Blaney tonight as well. <laughs> and that leaves the chat. Who's the okay, chat? I'm uh, seeing a lot. Of, I see Mouth. I see Elliot. Elliot. Chase Elliot. Oh, we see the <laughs> A lot of Elliots. Yeah, I see a lot of Elliots, bro. Yeah. That's I think... I mean, we can look at a few more, but I'm I'm thinking this is really swaying Elliot's way. Yeah, I mean, I see a couple of Truexes and like a few for Blaney and, and Logano, but like, no, nah, Ma- I'm Mark a Martin got a vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Truex ones are, I'm seeing a lot of Truex. I mean, if, if yeah. let's see if the Elliot's come back strong, but the, uh, the uh, Truex is I, pretty I, big. I feel, like, I feel like this one here is also supposed to slap Eric in the face. The Braves fan himself, Chase Elliott. Yeah. 
Let's see. Oh, well, MBR owners spamming yeah. some twenty twos. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> and T T B P that doesn't count either. Oh, 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 but he also put on twelve. Hey, hey, MVR, you're the only one who can really leave a bunch of uh, things like that, so don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill, chill. Uh, all right, all right. Hey, mods, chill. mods, chill. chill. Only one, relax. only one, mods. Relax. All right, all right. They backed off. It, it it does seem like it's still Elliot. I mean, yeah, we had some yeah. 19s flare up. We had some Blaney's flare up. But the whole time, Elliot has been consistent. I think they got Elliot. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm scrolling back now. Outside of those uh, two mods just spamming and stuff, yeah, it's Chase Elliott, bro. Yeah. yeah. Chase Elliott. Give him the mouth. Yeah, give all him right. the mickey. Good luck. <laughs> wow. Hopefully this, I can catch you guys. <laughs> this can't at all be favoritism. Elliott's the winner, and they think Kyle Bush will suck. Oh, at least they didn't pick Harvick. <laughs> he never would pick Harvick. Imagine Kevin Harvick watches this show. The chat picks him to suck. And he's like, that's it. I'm going to wreck Chase Elliott this week. Yeah. That's All like because the, because the NASCAR breaks. podcast picks basically told them to or, to or, 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 uh, or, or no, it's not Har- Harvick's not a fan of it, but, but Keelan is. And, Keelan. And, and Kevin happens to walk in the room. Hey, son, what you watching? Oh, these guys, <laughs> they talk about NASCAR. What do they talk about? Oh, yeah, Chase Elliott's better. <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off now. You winning, son? That guy tried to get me to rub a Buddha belly. Turn it off. <laughs> I wanted some. Oh, we, we, we are past the nine o'clock hour here in Central Time, and this is where we get weird. So, we dude, were... I'm on the East Coast time. It's ten seventeen. This sucks. Oh <laughs> this man, really sucks. Man. Jet lag, or is that how that works? Something like that. I, I don't know. Time lag or something. It's what are the like... final? Super chats, Danny. We should probably yeah, get to those I'm, before I'm feeling, long. I'm feeling tired too, so let's finish up with that. Uh, we first left. We left off of Platinum Paradise, so that brings us to NASCAR fan sixty fifty six coming in of six dollars and ninety nine cents of Canadian currency. Question for Darian: Sebastian Bourdais doesn't have a contract for twenty twenty two. Should he go to NASCAR? He won an IROC. If not, where should he go? Oh, so that, hey, hey, to give some context, he was a former F1 driver, was a four-time champ car um, um, champion uh, from 2004 to 2007. Um, to see him in NASCAR would be very interesting. I mean, not full-time, but, you know, for a couple of races here and there, so on some road courses. So that would be a, a splendid idea. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Four ninety nine come in from Irvin Alvarado. KFB at Kansas. Ah! Me. Kyle. Kyle, relax. Just eat a Snickers. Me. Better? KFB. No, car's killed. <laughs> the Snickers is killed. Dollar ninety nine coming in from Hot Piss. Groovy Hollow was awesome. <laughs> All for a good cause, too. I'm glad Hot Piss approves. <laughs> Four ninety nine coming in from Ethan Nine Fan NASCAR Talk. Question for all of you guys: Was you guys surprised that NASCAR beat F one in TV rankings? Again, go no. back to what we discussed with Diana. No, not really. Just because uh, NASCAR is still number one for United States market. It, it's just, See, it's, it's what we. Know I thought better. I thought it'd be a little closer than it was. I didn't expect like the million viewer difference or very nearly. I thought it'd be because Formula One all year long has seen like a 40 to 50 percent increase. But for the U.S. race, for some reason, it only jumped like 15 percent. So that that was a little surprising. And, to me. And also, you got to understand, there's probably still a lot of people who can have two TVs going at one time. And so they probably had both races going at the same time. I'm, I'm going to fully admit here, I did buy into the hype somewhat. Like, I expected the F1 ratings to be slightly up, maybe, but no, no, like, I, I was very naive to think that. So, I, I, the whole time, didn't think they would. I think that motorsports fans in general kind of put themselves in echo chambers. And I think they all, a lot of them had kind of 
convince themselves it was going to happen based there on there were the hype. certain media outlets that were heavy thinking all oh, this uh, uh, it's just gonna blow them out the water yeah yeah i mean it's like if you just take the emotion away from it i mean mm-hmm. f1 would have to have like what a 200 300 increase like that's yeah, that's almost that's near impossible for tv ratings in general yeah all right, we got a new member of the Danny B Superfans movement. Thank you for becoming a member of the Danny B Superfans movement. We got Bradley Biggers coming in at four ninety nine. Colleague Racing on Instagram said we just recorded our highest finish of P three at Kansas. Everyone, Dan- Daniel Hemrick will get P two next year. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> be another second place. Yeah. <laughs> Second place I, that, that kind of went over my head at first. I'm glad I got that. Yeah, that took a while, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Or Amber. Luke O coming in with Canadian $5. Appreciate that. Joey Logano at Martinsville in a must-win situation to make the championship four. People should be terrified to see him in their mirror. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely. Not, I mean, not it's really. just short track racing. Yeah, it's just short track racing. Just imagine, like, that guy with that voice basically bumping you out of the way for a championship. And then it's saying, like, hey, imagine. Yeah. Poor Truex, man. This is why I wish wish drivers could talk to each other during the race. Imagine him in your ear. All of a sudden, you hear just, that's short track racing. Imagine him as a spotter. I know. Remember back in, like, 2011, 2012 on the Super Speedways where they had those giant dials? Exactly, yeah. I want to talk to Michael Waltrip right now. Like, and then the guy was like, hey, you want to wear it? No, 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 cut him out, cut him out, cut him out immediately. Change the channel. Yeah, change it. <laughs> All right. Still talented, though. Scott McNew coming in at $5. Appreciate that. Hope you guys are having a great night. Can't wait to be at Martinsville for the first time this weekend. I just hope I don't eat too much hot dogs. Hey, hope you have fun, but also you probably will eat too much hot dogs. Yeah, I'm I've already accepted it. That. I've, yeah, I, I just want to try at least two. At the very least, I want to try at least two. Two? two. Just two? I'm going to try more. Two? I'm going to try more. I'm going to try more. Those are rookie numbers, least. Darian. I said at the very least. So I'll probably try way, way more over the weekend. Trust me. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just messing with yeah, you. Yeah, I know. You, I know. You'll, pro- you'll probably have bare minimum five. I think that's what I had. Probably. All right. Scott McNew coming up with another $5. Do you guys think Mayer was brought up to Xfinity too soon by any chance? I personally think so. Uh, me, I mean, he, there's nothing more he could do in ARCA, in my opinion. He'd be almost like, you know, how, how, how Ty Gibbs has been. Yeah. Um, but I feel like maybe he it, it would have been better if there was more of an opportunity for full-time of GMS and trucks. But that's just me. What do you guys sure. think? Sure. I think what he got in Xfinity this year, I was that's why I was so excited. That's why his the bad run he's been on has been so d- disappointing. Is yeah. just because I I think I thought he was ready for a part time Xfinity ride, and they just he just hasn't shown it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm the same make, way. You can make the argument definitely for sure. I mean, it's just what left. I mean, what more did he have um, left to prove? I guess is is an argument, but um, but also. He probably could have stayed in the lower series to learn better driver etiquette for the Xfinity series. So I, I don't know. I, I'll say no for now and stuff. I'll say no right now. Um, we'll see how he performs full time next year, though. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same, but I think, you know, maybe a little bit, but at the same time, there really was nowhere to go but there. I mean, yeah, you, yeah I guess the trucks, but. The trucks compared to Xfinity and Cup is like kind of its own animal. Exactly. There's no, not really much comparison. Yeah, I don't know that you're going to learn driver etiquette in the truck series. <laughs> oh, let's yeah, be good, real. Yeah, good, point. Dri- yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. Let's be real. We're going to learn driver etiquette really anywhere anymore. No, <laughs> dude, it's basically not existing. Dude, let's cut me real. off in the McDonald's drive-through line yesterday. I was pissed. <laughs> 
All right. Fortnite and I come in from C. Workman. Good to see you. Uh, picture this. The E-NASCAR Pro League on NASCAR Ignition 21. It'd be the perfect kerosene icing on this dumpster fire of a cake. Wow. Strong words Whoa. from C. Workman. Hey, no, C. Workman is not a fan of and, and, the... And, here, and here's the thing with C. Workman. Me and him was actually talking about this. He mm-hmm. he used to be so active, especially when Rusty Walrus yep. would stream. I used to see him all the time in those. Yep. And, and, and the thing is, like, what I used to love about racing and uh, streams that like Rusty would do, Eric would do, those were fun times because you would get like your usual group of people. Well, now what they have, it's not even an option. I don't even know if they can do a pro league of what they have for online at this point. Like, They'll find a way probably for the pro league. They'll, They'll find, find a way. way. The pro league always find finds a way. a way. Yeah, they I always find a way. Like, like it's, it's not capable of it right now. I'm yeah. just being honest. It's, they can't do it right now. Yeah, and there's one thing we've learned. The general public won't probably get private lobbies, but the Pro League definitely will, unfortunately. Yeah, it's whatever. Uh, Sean Taylor coming in with 499. Appreciate that. Larson has as many wins on Oval this year as Chase Elliott does in his whole career. Mickey Chase. (laughs) Maybe this is the reason why Chase Elliott fans hate Larson so much. Maybe that's, yeah, there's a point now. Wow. That's funny. I don't care. Scott McAllander oh, equal no actually no Larson has more wins on road courses actually two more yeah. two more wins two more. Uh, one more two oh, more oh wait he's the fifteen oh yeah oh we're we talking in general like I'm saying two more I thought it was this year they had more road courses but I guess I don't know oh uh, I was saying in general. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Scott know Scott McNew came in at two dollars. Even the Lions games have a great party atmosphere. I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with Lions against football, so. Hey, Aren't they 0 and like 6? Best 0 and 7 team of all time. Oh. Um, best 0 and 7 team ever. <laughs> Is that every year? <laughs> feels feels, feels right. like it. And yeah. we got $5 coming in from a very big Ryan Blaney fan. Uh, he said, Eric, thanks for picking Blaney. That comes in from Mr. Craig Eastep. Oh, wow. You're welcome, Dad. Glad, glad he's watching. <laughs> Glad he made it this far. We're two and a half hours in. I know. It's yeah. so overboard. That, that, that's where we go. Hi, Dad. Uh, all right. But that will do it for the Super Chats. There's no more, and uh, that'll do it. So uh, join us next week. We'll be back on Wednesday, November 3rd. We'll be on the Icebergs channel for the last time for this year at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Central Time. And, Jarrett, we will have a pretty special guest. Who's it going to be? Well, I don't want to give it away just yet because we need to make sure we f- figure a okay, few things okay, out. Okay. But I'll let everybody guess in the comments on this one. Make, make sure you're following us on Twitter so you can know for sure when we know. Y'all will yeah. like it. Trust me. Y'all yeah, everyone, everyone just kind of guess in the chat and in the comments. And if, if you pick the right one, we won't tell you. But, hey, you at least pick the right one. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Jarrett, do you want to play us out to a little bit of Dale Call and hopefully it doesn't uh, knock your mic yeah. out this time? It's gonna. <laughs> it said it like this. I, I have a new chair, so it makes more sound when I move it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Just Thank tell you. me when. All right, go ahead. We got the outro going. Ah, it's okay. It's yeah, a little bit better. It was there for a minute. It's all right. See y'all Goodbye. next time.
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.